and welcome back to Films in the Phantom Zone, where we talk about failed and forgotten comic book movies. I'm your host, Whoa. Sable, along with my co-hosts. <laughs> that was pretty good. Did yeah, I nail it? You I did. did. Yeah. He goes, welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about films. Anyway, you just, you just said it. So <laughs> I am your host. My name is Arnaldo. I'm joined remotely today with my co-host, Birdo, and our special guest, Sable. Sable, yeah. Recurring guest, right? Yeah, that's. I like that better. Today uh, we're discussing X Men, the first movie. Yeah, usually Birdo does the introductions, but you're right. We're doing X Men. Oh, he usually introduces the movie. Yeah, but it's okay. You're pretty much yeah, like fine. stepping all over us anyway. I mean, that's how I got here to begin with. So, yeah. oh well, gotta, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. I don't know why I was about to say starring Channing Tatum. <laughs> I don't know why. why? Did you even speak I don't sometimes? Know why that he came was going to be in an X Men movie, but luckily that never happened. Wait, really? What? Which one? Gambit. Who is he going to be? Gambit. Gambit. I don't know who that is. He's the guy that throws things. Oh, the car. He can like supercharge anything that he touches, and then and then that thing will explode. Oh, yeah, okay. he, he usually chooses cards. <laughs> yeah. So this is part one of basically a very long series. X Men has like thirteen movies in it. Yep. So what we're going to do is probably split them up in terms of X-Men 1, 2, and 3, X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and what's the last one called? Dark Phoenix? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And then separately, we'll do the three Wolverine movies, and then separately also uh, New Mutants. And then probably what you might do like uh, the Deadpool movies, they don't count because even though they're set in this, they're ongoing because Deadpool is coming to... Yeah. The MCU as like Deadpool three, right? It's yeah, it's in a weird spot where it's like it's technically part of this franchise, but it's also its own franchise. So yeah, but Deadpool three, I mean, that's what they're calling it right now. It's not like they're rebooting Deadpool. Deadpool yeah. three will be in the MCU. So how what that does retroactively to like Deadpool one and two, we don't know. But now with all this multiverse Loki stuff, like and Spider Man stuff going on, it's likely that it's going to be like yeah, it's all it's whatever it's all connected. Like, so we're not going to do all the movies at once. Right now, we're just doing X-Men 1, 2, and 3. And then we'll be back another time for like the Wolverines and then the prequels and oh, whatever. Oh, there'll be like other podcasts in between. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to be doing 13 straight weeks of X-Men. And that's a lot. Yeah. No, that'll that, burn everybody out. That's going to burn me out real quick. Okay. So also, by the way, we are streaming this live on Twitch. We stream all these episodes live so you can see us talk to each other. You can see us. We were drinking. We have technical difficulties and you have to sit through that sometimes. <laughs> if that sounds fun to you, we are on most Mondays on twitch.tv slash filmsroompz. There's time codes in the description, initial expectations, the background of the X-Men, the plot, our analysis, keeper cancel, and then whether or not we put this into the Phantom Zone. And then also X-Men is available on Disney+. Plus. It is under like the Marvel Legacy tab. So it's Ooh. like, yeah, because, you know, they bought Fox. Legacy. and So like all the old Fox stuff. Uh, and there are some other things along with like a bunch of like cool old TV shows, like the X-Men TV shows on there. I think X-Men Evolution is on there. Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, I was actually looking at the Spider-Man cartoon, like wanting to watch it. It was a all good right, show. Let's stay on track. How, yeah. What do we say? um okay oh real quick before we get started as usual we have the shit we missed in the last episode i new segment that's a new segment yeah yeah when we mess up uh, i've got like four or five things we can just breeze through real quick yeah let's breeze okay (laughs) 
I just have a lot of thoughts on X Men. Okay, cool. Okay. In Scott Pilgrim, I said Kieran Culkin played his little brother. He plays the cousin, not the brother. The cousin that drinks the Pepsi and peas. Yeah, that one in uh, Home Alone. Number two, the first volume of Scott Pilgrim was called Precious Little Life, and that's what I said. But then you said Infinite Sadness, and I believed you, but you were wrong, and I was right. Oops. Wow. I said that you didn't see the aliens in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You do. I totally forgot. It's just at the very end for like one minute. Do you remember that movie? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It's pretty good. And then I said David Dashmachian. Uh, he's actually in five DC Universe things because he is in the upcoming Batman The Long Halloween animated movie. That's oh, okay. an upcoming movie? It's animated. I think it actually came out earlier this year. I think, Yeah, I think it's already out. Yeah, he is in that. Along with being in four other DC things, we said. It was uh, Suicide Squad. The Dark Knight. Gotham. And that's five, right? <laughs> a lot of DC things as different characters. He's in five independent universes, which is crazy. And then also he's in the Marvel Universe. So yeah. that clears up all the dumb shit we've said before. So initial expectations, Sable? I was young, like third grade. And I was obsessed with this movie, so I did not have any expectations coming into it. Expectations. Yeah. But watching it just now, I haven't seen this movie in years. So my expectations going into it, watching it like the other night with you, they were sky high because I just remember this movie being my favorite thing as a little kid. I was obsessed, obsessed with Wolverine. And we watched this movie so many times. Like I have like a lot of this movie memorized. Yeah, same. This was kind of my... I had watched the X-Men cartoon, so I knew about the X-Men. I wasn't, like, a huge fan, but, like, I knew more or less about them. But I remember seeing this in 2000, like, in theaters. And we went back yeah. and saw it, like, three more times. I got action figures, t-shirts. The Marvel Islands of Adventure area mm-hmm. had just, like, opened, like, around the same time this movie was coming out. Yeah. And so there was just a lot of X-Men hype because we would go to the theme park, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've seen this a hundred times. I'm not... <laughs> I had no expectations going in this time. But, Berto, real quick. Yeah, I was also very young when this came out. I watched it. I think I was living in Puerto Rico when I watched it, actually. Ooh. And I remember liking it a Did lot. Did you see that's it in Spanish? It. <laughs> no, it was in English. Oh, okay. All the commercials right before the movie were in Spanish. I do remember right. that. Yeah. Aww. I used to go to the theater a lot in Puerto Rico, <laughs> and you can choose whether to see it in Spanish or in English with subtitles. Yeah. Well, my parents were taking me to take it, and they knew I didn't speak Spanish, so it would have been really dumb for me to watch this in Spanish. Um, I do remember liking the movie a lot, though, but I didn't really have expectations going into it. Like, I knew what the X-Men were because that cartoon was out at the time already. So, yeah, this movie was, at the time, it was mind-blowing for me. Yeah, I think it was mind-blowing for everybody. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast. I don't know why it would have come up, but... When me and my brother, after we saw this movie, we would like unload the dishwasher and put knives, like butter knives, in between our hands and like pretend <laughs> you, to be Wolverine. You did bring I this did up. I did mention that, but I don't know why I don't, I don't that would have gotten brought up. Yeah. And then we upgraded those to something a little safer. We would cut out like pieces of mat board and like the shape and then wrap them in tin foil to make like our own little hmm. like. Sounds like a downgrade, really. You guys were a little cosplayers. Well, it was safer for us. <laughs> and like we could actually play with that instead of like reaching in and grabbing knives. Like Yeah. X-Men was debuted in 1963 by Stanley and Jack Kirby as a team with no need for complicated origins. So as Stanley said, they're just born that way. So it was a time where like Marvel wanted another like a team up 
other than like the Avengers. And so, um, like I said, Stanley just didn't want to have to like give each member like a complicated backstory, like getting bit by a radioactive spider or like whatever. <laughs> oh, he he right. just said like, like, yeah, this is just in their genes. Yeah, they're mutants. Yeah. That's it. And originally he wanted to call them just like the mutants. And the uh, publisher, like uh, Marvel's like, no, that doesn't sound or, No, good. I, I thought it was they were supposed to be called the Merry Mutants. The That's Mary what mutants? I, yeah. Or the this movie was going to be called The Merry Mutants. Oops. There's no way this movie is going to be called The Merry Mutants. Bitch, look it up. Well, I mean, that might be true that team was originally going to be called The Merry Mutants because they were, I heard that they were going to be called The Mutants. And then Marvel was like, no. So he went with X Men instead because of they had extra powers. Extra powers. Is that really why? That's what it said in like the first issue. And a lot of people think it was because, you know, they're led by Professor X. You know, Charles Xavier. Xavier. But original roster was Cyclops. I just found the article where I saw that. So the X-Men went in the comics. like mm-hmm. before. That's, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, not I didn't mean this movie specifically. It was right. going to be called Merry Mutants. Okay. But that's true, Merry Mutants? They were originally going to be called Merry Mutants. And then oh. Stanley was asked to change the title because it was believed no one would know what the word mutant meant. Yeah, it's a little weird. Also, it's just not a good title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the 60s. Like, almost anything sounds just as good as the next thing. Yeah. But... Yeah. So, original roster is Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Angel, and Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl? Yeah. If you've never heard of Marvel Girl, it's because they stopped calling her that because it's a stupid name. And she just goes by Jean Grey. Oh, well, That's, there you It's go. Jean Grey, yeah. It's a stupid name. Yeah, Wolverine <laughs> wasn't introduced to like, 10 years later. Correct. Oh, you did some research. Wow. I've known this since day one. Uh, wow. Actually, no, I just looked it up today. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and then the bad guys, the Brotherhood of Mutants, the original roster was Magneto, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Toad, and Mastermind. At this point, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were both, like, Romani twin brother-sister. But they were not related to Magneto. That didn't happen to like way. That's yeah, like that, a was, that was a retcon way later. And then yeah. I th- even that retcon got retconned again. Yeah, it's a retcon that got retconned so many times. I have a friend of the show, Chris, who was on the Man of Steel episode. He's had to tell me like 10 times how complicated it is that they keep on like undoing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and who they are. And then they keep on undoing like Scarlet Witch's kids and like who they are. And are they her kids or are they not? So oh, Wiccan and Speed. Whoa. Yeah, it's very complicated. And it wasn't until 1975, so a whole 12 years later, that they introduced a new team. And this time they introduced them as like a diverse team because the comic wasn't selling very well. And again, it was just the same five people every issue. Yeah. So in order to like kind of jazz it up, they introduced new characters. They got rid of most of the characters except for Cyclops. I mean, they were like recurring, but they weren't like part of the main team. So Cyclops led a new team that was Nightcrawler from Germany, Storm from Kenya, Wolverine from Canada, Banshee from Ireland, Sunfire from Japan, Colossus from Russia, Thunderbird, who is Apache, and then Jean Grey came back this time as the Phoenix. Oh. So Phoenix and the Phoenix Saga is something that we'll talk about next week because it's kind of the plot of X-Men 2. Like that's where it like starts. Yeah. Yeah. And so this brought around the themes in X-Men about racism and discrimination. Yeah. It's like allegory for what was going on in the U.S. around the time that this started being written, right? In the 60s more than the 70s. However, I mean, you you can also like find it any group of people that were going through like their discriminatory period yeah. in history 
Right. Well, yeah, this I... could apply today to like LGBTQ. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because in yeah. the nineties it was like the AIDS epidemic and like gay people. You know, and then before then it was African-Americans and before then it was Jewish people. And there's always someone, right? It's a story that never ends, like racism and discrimination and like social justice um, among like people in in the country. And so it seemed like it should have been obvious. Like you got a group of people that are mutants, like obviously they're going to be treated poorly, you know, and that's what the story should have been about all along. But it wasn't until like the 70s. That they're like, this seems obvious. Like we should turn we can it into, turn this into something, into some yeah. commentary, right? Yeah. Um, and that's around the time that they turned Magneto into a Jewish Holocaust survivor because he wasn't always that way. Like in the beginning, he was just like a stock villain. Yeah, like he's a metal bender and he's powerful, and that's a kind of it. Metal bender. Yeah, he's a metal bender. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I think we can go more into like specific stories. I thought that was just kind of a nice like uh, overview, and we'll get into some of their powers and stuff like that. That's interesting that Storm is from, she's Kenyan. She's Kenyan. Because I one of my notes says, like, does she have an accent in the movie? Yup. She has a really bad accent that she gives up on, like, halfway <laughs> yeah. through the movie. I was like, I don't remember having an accent, but I was like, she definitely is trying something she's, there. She, she's supposed to, be, yeah, she's supposed to be Kenyan <laughs> yep. in the movie, too, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so that makes sense. Obviously, Storm is played by Halle Berry, who is not Kenyan. She she's yeah. African-American, and she has no accent, <laughs> and she kind of tried something and does not sound African at all. I don't know no. what she was doing. Like, uh, it's just an accent, it sounds it's like. Just, it's a non-existent accent, really, what it is. And then by X-Men 2, she's not doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah she's, like, Americanized. Also, fun fact, Storm is, for one, an Omega-level uh, mutant, so she's one of the more powerful mutants. It's just that, like, in this movie, and, like, and a lot of times she just hasn't, like, gotten there yet. And in the comics, she marries T'Challa. She does? Yes. Yeah. Her and T'Challa are a couple. That's and badass. It is. And they have a wedding and all the Marvel heroes are there. Black Panther and Storm. But obviously in the MCU, it's not a story we will likely see. because Unfortunately. Not yeah. only is, did Chadwick Boseman die a year and a couple days ago, they're not planning on recasting him. They're just going to say T'Challa died. Oh, and they're going to move on. Not... No, he's not going to be recast. Oh. So they're just going to use other characters to be the new Black Panther. And oh, okay. it, like maybe Shuri or maybe Umbaku. Mm. Uh, and maybe they can have the next storm, you know, be in a relationship with one of those people. You know, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. All right, cool. So you guys want to get into the plot? Let's get into this movie. Yeah. yeah. X-Men from the year 2000, directed by Brian Singer, a big old pedophile we'll talk about later. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, yeah. a terrible person. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's horrible. Okay. Poland, 1944. A group of Jews are funneled into a concentration camp. A boy separated from his mother and father is held back by guards. He reaches out to them and starts dragging the guards with him. The metal fence begins to move. They restrain him, but the fence is now collapsed. In the not-too-distant future, again, from the year 2000, <laughs> Marie, a.k.a. Rogue, kisses her first boyfriend in her, in her room. He tenses up and is quickly paralyzed. She screams in horror. Do you have thoughts on this part? Yeah, I mean, so mine is more of like a memory. Um, oh, yeah. My entire please, tell, please tell everybody what happened. <laughs> my entire life, for whatever reason, I thought that the boy in this first scene was Wolverine. I just always thought that as a kid growing up, the metal bending went right over my head. I just assumed it was Wolverine. Up until when we watched this a few nights ago, I still assumed it was Wolverine. And in my notes, I wrote had no clue the first scene was a concentration camp and that Wolverine was Jewish. And then my next... (laughs) (laughs) 
And nope. my next line is JK. I always thought that that kid in the beginning was Logan. So this all makes so much more sense now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> did you, were you like had you not heard, learned about the holocaust when you had seen this i mean i was in I like first grade i, mean, I, I was guess, young yeah. i didn't know about that she was probably like why are they oppressing that child i just assumed they're showing this kid in the beginning <laughs> and then the main character thought the whole movie's wolverine so i just assumed it was him like i did not think anything more yeah. about it well it's interesting wow. that you say that because they, they use wolverine as a point of view character in this mm-hmm. like an audience surrogate but He's very rarely like the main character in X Men stories, like in the comics. Yeah, he's yeah. like the main character in like he's, all of these movies. I feel because like. he's the most interesting character and yeah. the most popular character by far. But they and made, when like, I was, they had this whole like backstory about like his past and he forgot it and stuff, and they kept mm-hmm. that going. Yeah, it's like a through line in all the films. But usually, again, he wasn't even introduced until twelve years later. And even when you look, go back and look at the most popular X Men stories, like he's in them. But he's never yeah. like the main character. Did Hugh Jackman's portrayal make him popular, or he was already he was, like he was always popular? Oh, okay. In fact, when I was a kid, I thought he was X Man. I didn't like. I didn't. I think <laughs> See, there might have been were a, lang- a dumbass kid too that didn't know shit. Well, I yeah, don't you're think supposed I spoke to think English Cyclops yet. is the X Man. <laughs> yeah, you also I, didn't speak. English. <laughs> yeah. Bless so it took arm. me a minute to kind of realize like that's the team and maybe what man versus men means like plural, <laughs> but. Wow. This is an excellent way of like just showing kind of the implications of having mutants within our society. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people that are either really powerful or like really devastating, you know, can't touch people. Yeah. Uh, and something this movie does well, we're going to get into is it has to do a lot of info dumping. But at the same time, it tries its best to balance that with like showing and not yeah. telling, you know, so like you don't really need to be explained these two mutants powers. You just saw them. One can bend metal. And the other one can, like, yeah. can't touch people, yeah. right? No, this intro was really good. Like, everything from Magneto in the Holocaust camp to, like, Rogue discovering her powers in, like, the worst way imaginable. Like, yeah, it kind of shows that all these characters in their own way are a little bit tragic. Yeah, oh, for sure. This is a tragic story for all these characters. Uh, Dr. Jean Grey speaks on Capitol Hill against Senator Kelly on the ethics and practicality of mutant registration. Kelly is a fierce proponent of mutant registration, using scare tactics and comparing unknown mutants to weapons of mass destruction. He claims he has heard of mutants so powerful that they can enter our minds and control our thoughts, as the camera pans to Charles Xavier, a.k.a. Professor X. He runs into Eric Lenscher, a.k.a. Magneto, and asks what he's doing at the hearing. After a short debate, Magneto leaves, saying, We are the future, Charles, not them. They no longer matter. Again, just also a great way of, like, introducing, like, the central premise of the X-Men here, right? Yeah. I love how the camera pans to the person that can literally control people's minds if he chose to. But, yeah. <laughs> there, It's a lot of really smart cinematography. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. So, if this, if mutants were real, do you think they should be registered? No. <laughs> no. Interesting take. Really? Because, I mean, this is, again, like... You can take the allegory of the X-Men and apply it to a lot of different groups of people. What this movie is is really comparing it to is the Holocaust, right? Yeah, like you have to be registered if you're Jewish. Exactly. And the reason that Magneto is so up in arms is because he's seen this before. And he's yeah. not basically said like he's not going to live this again. 
Yeah, like he was one of the people that actually went through all these horrors and stuff. So yeah, exactly. And he's seeing the same patterns. Like for him, it's not a debate because he's seen it all before. At this point, they're talking about registering mutants and they're using scare tactics. So saying like mutants can do this. You know, they they're in our schools. They're weapons of mass destruction. They can steal banks. They can get in your mind or whatever. And that's not dissimilar to what like Hitler and the Nazis did in germany it started with them saying that jewish people are ruining your neighborhoods and your businesses and they're going to take your jobs and all this stuff those were the scare taxes that started in like early nazi germany you know and and at the time people were like yeah like they're outsiders and they're taking our jobs we don't want this and it's only a couple like links before it's like okay we're going to register them so yeah we're going to put a yellow star david on their shirt and then after that, it's like, okay, well, we're going to set up ghettos for them. And they can go live in their ghettos yeah. away from us. Next thing you know, there's no room in the ghettos. We got to put them on a train and put them somewhere else. And then those are concentration camps. And then they're getting massacred there. Ah, like, yeah. So he's like, yeah, right now it's just a debate on Capitol Hill. But what is it tomorrow? It's war. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it get there. In fact, I'm going to go on the offensive. Mm. And this he, is- he has a good reason for it, too. He. Yeah, and I want to talk about it later in the analysis, but he's an actual very sympathetic villain. Like, you completely understand where he's coming from. And you may not agree with him, but also it's like, he's kind of right. Like, he knows there's a war coming and that they will never understand mutants because they didn't understand him as, like, a a Jewish person. Yeah. Hmm. I also love, because, and again, I do want to talk about their, like, their different positions. Charles is, like, the understanding one. Like, he thinks... That they're going to just like, like if, if you have hope enough, humans are better than they were in the Holocaust. And we're, we're going to like do better this time. Right. He wants and, to like and, reason with them. and Exactly. But you also have to see where he's coming from. He comes from a position of privilege. Like he's rich and he's a genius and he's a PhD. And on top of that, like, yeah, he's disabled. But also like <laughs> no one's looking at Professor Xavier and saying, you're the bad guy. You're wrong. You know, he has all all the reasoning to believe that, like, if you just try hard enough, people will get along. You know what I mean? And, like, Magneto does not have that. Yeah. He comes from the Holocaust and poverty and immigration and, like, coming to America in, like, the 40s or 50s. You know what I mean? Like, he's get, he's got the worst of yeah. life while Xavier's got the best of it. Like, and living in a mansion. It's crazy how they're, like, or were, like, best friends, too. Oh, it's like a true villain's tale. Like, they used to be best friends with the hero. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about that because I couldn't really... I can't think of, like, a better hero-villain dichotomy be- yeah. except other than, like, these two. Because they're actively friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Even against each other, like, they don't yeah. wish each other any sort yeah, of, like, like ill will chess, or anything. Like... Yeah. I had something to mention, but I don't know if it's too, like, extreme. <laughs> like what? You're gonna like the politics of behind yeah, like, like this. Yeah, like seeing our current political climate, like the whole like oh like they need to register, they need to be registered, da da da. Like the fear and the media. It's like, do you see that nowadays? Immigration, like, huh? Immigration is the same Immigration. thing. Again, you you can apply this allegory to so many different things. I was gonna say the whole COVID crisis. No, mm, <laughs> and no. I knew you'd say no, no, but I'm just thinking of outside the box. Okay, I. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally different. Yeah, there's not an oppressed group of people here. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not saying anyone's oppressed, but I'm saying like, oh, like you have to have proof of vaccination. You have to do this. Yeah, but that's also not new. Like, yeah, I guess you, you're right. Like, you want to go to public school and not have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You need proof of vaccination. Yeah, that's true. You know, like I remember, I got vaccinated yeah. 
booster shots in school. You, yeah. you had to do it. You want to bring it's, your it's pet into new. an apartment, you have to show their shot records. Oh, my what God. What about the fear mongering on the media sometimes? Yeah, that's true. With when there's a hurricane coming, sort of they say anything, your family's going to die. Well, and no one, <laughs> like in Florida, if you're from, in, from Florida, that's true, you know how in, crazy they get. In fairness, it's like when you're talking to a hundred, let's say you're talking to a hundred people. Yeah. And you're like, hey, this is dangerous. Maybe 30 of them take you seriously. If you go, hey, this could be life-threatening. Maybe 80 take you seriously. If you go, you will fucking die if you don't get off the coast. Maybe 99 of them take you seriously. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like fear-mongering. So you agree is... with Senator Kelly <laughs> right. and you love him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm oh, not saying fear... <laughs> I'm not saying fear mongering is like okay yeah. and using scare tactics is okay. I'm saying that one we're talking about that one guy during a Florida <laughs> hurricane who was like he was on location in like oh a God. Florida like key or something. You and your yeah. family where, are going to die. Yeah, where people didn't want to evacuate and he's like you have to leave your your whole family will die. Your children will die. <laughs> I think he even said like your pets will die. He, like, was, he was extreme. He was extreme and he's, and he's also incredibly frustrated that like no one is preparing for the storm. Yeah. And a lot of people that didn't evacuate it, they did die. So he's did not they? like I thought wrong. it ended up not being like a huge thing. It wasn't a huge thing where we lived. No, that one was bad in the coast where where he was talking to people. Oh, oh yeah. the coast, okay. Yeah, well, it flooded sense. really bad. No, where where we live, nothing happened. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to throw that tidbit in there. All right, that I was that was, was a fun little wrench. Yeah. Okay. Canada. Rogue hitchhikes hitchhikes. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue hitchhikes her way to a seedy bar with underground fighting. There, the crowds cheer and boo at one man who can't help but beat everybody, nicknamed the Wolverine. She meets him at the bar later. The loser of the fight calls Wolverine a freak and demands his money back. About to attack, Rogue screams. Wolverine blocks him, throws him against a wall, and threatens the man with his claws protruding from his knuckles. The barkeep holds a shotgun to his head and kicks him out, saying, Get out of my bar, freak. But I think it's important to note that it's obvious that in no way Wolverine is in the wrong here. And yet he's the one who's being kicked out and being called freak. Well, it's because he's yeah. being discriminated against, obviously. Exactly. But it's, you know, this is a movie that's made for everybody. And like X-Men and, and comics and stuff and superhero movies are very popular with kids. So you have to kind of like, you can't just say, hey, Wolverine's basically like a Jewish person or a black person or a gay person who gets kicked out of places and is discriminated against. You have to kind of like show the discrimination yeah. so that right. you can, so the kid watching this can be like, wait a second, that's why are they scared fair. of him? That's not fair, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really well done. I thought you would have a lot to say about <laughs> Oh, I have a lot to say about Hugh this. Jackman and Wolverine's introduction. What about the cage? Oh, I have. Okay, cage. that's from Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I have a lot to say about the scene. So, I was completely obsessed with the scene as a kid. I feel like I rewatched it over and over. Like I'd rewind it and like play it and stuff. I remember it being so much longer though. Like this scene is like a minute long. Like him actually fighting in the cage. The like, movie's I, not too long either. Well, the movie's uh, in itself is very short. It's like but I remember it being so much longer. The scene is so iconic though. It would get me so hype as a kid. Like I'm pretty sure me and Max would like punch each other after we like watch those. <laughs> but do you think that maybe the guys were upset with him because they feel like they were hustled? Like you're because mutant, yeah. you're fighting. But it's like you're going in. This is some underground, probably illegal cage match anyway. You're going into it knowing what you're getting into. It's like exactly. it's up to you, bitch. Like yeah. he's not a professional fighter winning tons of money. Right. Like, it's not like it's boxing where yeah. You know, you're you're fighting outside your like your weight limit or whatever. Right. 
you're going into like a thing and it's whoever and he's the one who's like i can fight him and he gets up and yeah he like just you can saw- hear the metal clanking on oh, the bones yeah. of people and <laughs> like, which was a just- ridiculous <laughs> i thought it was awesome yeah same <laughs> But, I mean, he watched, like, Wolverine kick, like, ten guys' asses, and he's, like, he thinks he can, you know, fight them. Yeah, and he, like, barely did anything, and these guys were, like, down. Yeah, but he's, like, no one can take a beating like and that. And he doesn't use barely his claws. Scratch. Well, obviously, he's not going to use his claws. No, that'd be... He's trying that'd to... That'd be cheating. Yeah, he's trying to, like, uh... That'd be what's... a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> what's the word? He's trying to pretend to be, like, normal. Yeah. Blend in? Yeah. Incognito? <laughs> On the road, Wolverine stops driving when he realizes Rogue has stowed away and reluctantly lets her join him. They get to know each other a bit in the car until Wolverine crashes into a knockdown tree and he's launched out of the windshield. His wounds heal within seconds. Wolverine is attacked by Sabretooth, while all of a sudden the wind and snow pick up and Storm and Cyclops have appeared. They rescue both Rogue and Wolverine. So... Rogue comes on strong, immediately asks for food, and then insults his little house that he has in his RV <laughs> and says, "Wow, my life doesn't look that bad." I'm yeah, like, she's a little "Girl, rude. <laughs> a little." I'm like, "You're a dumbass! Like, you got picked up by this sketchy character who can clearly kick your ass, and you're gonna insult where he lives and ask him for food." Like, yeah, but all she has to do is touch him, and she can kill him. So, well, that's true. Well, he can heal. So- oh, she doesn't know that, I guess. But I was like, "Okay, girl, like, wow." <laughs> She's also a kid. <laughs> yeah. I, how old is she supposed to be? Like 17 or something. 17? Or 16. What did maybe. he give her? Was it like beef jerky? I always thought it was chocolate it was as a jerky, kid. Yeah. And I thought it looked so good. I think yeah. I always assumed it was like just like chunks of like jerky or something. Yeah. I always thought it was like a fudge bar or like a chocolate. <laughs> Here's some candy, as a kid. kid that's Here's like, candy. I'm like, all that. I know I'm thinking like, damn, that looks good. It didn't look good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looked well, like dried up meat. It looked juicy. So, introduction of uh, Storm and Cyclops. Pretty good. And Sabretooth. Sabretooth is um, yeah. like a longtime nemesis of Wolverine specifically. Yeah, but he's he doesn't have too much of an impact in this movie, I feel like. Yeah, he's just kind of like a bully. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> I don't like him at all. Also, I wrote down... Hang on. I wrote down something about him, too. Oh, I wrote down write? that he kind of looks like the demon from Ghost Rider with the dreads. Oh, my fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> You there know you who go. I'm talking about? So this is where I you want to insert your Ghost Rider what? relation. Looks, it's the eyes, the hair. He looks just like him. What did you write down? I wrote Lion Guy because I forgot his name. <laughs> Lion <laughs> Guy in his fur shawl pops out of the forest. That's all I wrote. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, so that was wasn't your, much sad. That was so, your takeaway? That was my takeaway. I'm not a fan of him. I think he's lame. His eyebrows connect to his hair. Like, if, it's yeah, a it, whole thing. If you look too closely, like, if, if you just kind of keep him on the screen for long enough, you see how terrible it, his costume is and the makeup. Bad. The makeup's really bad on him. He looks like the lion from, like, The Wizard of Oz. Like, human <laughs> oh, Yeah, not, a little bit, yeah. But it's not endearing at all. No. <laughs> but, so, in the comics, he's always after Wolverine because he thinks Wolverine, like, murdered... I think his wife or his girlfriend or something and so oh. like he's always kind of after wolverine and they just have like this rivalry really mm-hmm. and later in the movies they made them brothers but they're not usually brothers, brothers? oh yeah and uh x-men origins huh yeah they're like and actual like, played by a different actor that looks nothing like the nothing like this guy yeah that's the thing with these movies though they recast characters a lot 
Oh, and I got a list. They mm-hmm. change the age of characters a lot. Yup. And uh, introductions. I don't like it. That makes things confusing. It, it's, it is confusing. Yeah. The continuity in this movie is like, in, the, in this series is like barely existent. Yeah. It yeah. gets really confusing. It's all over the place. Like there's a few mutants in this movie that I think you see in the sequel and they're played by different people. You see Jubilee. You see Pyro. You yeah. see Kitty Pride. They're all like re-aged and reintroduced too. It's very um, inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Jean Grey tries examining an unconscious Wolverine, but he violently wakes up, knocks her over, and runs out. Lost in the corridors of the mansion's lower levels, he follows a voice he hears in his head that leads him to Professor X's office. He explains that he is telepathic and runs a school for gifted youngsters, mostly runaways like Rogue. But that also the school is a front for the X-Men. He also explains that a powerful mutant named Magneto, his old friend, is after him. He offers Wolverine a deal. Stay and allow Professor X 48 hours to find out what Magneto's plan for him is, and in return, he'll try to unlock Wolverine's memories. So this is the scene in Professor X's office where you see Jubilee and Kitty Pride. Who is Jubilee? Jubilee is she a makes sparkles. X-Men that makes like sparkles and fireworks, basically. That's and it? She, she becomes think... a vampire at some point. She does, yeah. That sounds like a whole mess of things. Uh, but she's known <laughs> because she's she's very like... I, Iconic. Like you see her, you know who she is because she wears a yellow jacket. She's an Asian girl and she has hoop earrings. That's like her and, visual. And she's look. got like the, she has like sunglasses that she constantly has on. Yeah. Too. So you see her in this. Is she like a cool girl? Like she's pop. She's like a I cool, guess. like 80s girl, I guess. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, they bring her back in the prequels. So she is in the 80s. But she's also here now, so none of it makes any sense. Nope. I think Kitty Pride is in that scene too. She runs through the wall. Oh, that was yeah. Oh, who's and that's now... who they. Uh... What's that person's name? Elliot uh, Page. A- Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, plays that's her right. in X Men Three, right? The third one? No, the second one. Third second one. and third, I th- believe, and Days I of Future she was Past. Just in this... Yeah, comes back from Days of Future Past. I thought it was just the second, third one. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. We'll learn <laughs> when we watch it. We will get there. So I find it like interesting that you guys noticed all these extras and like you know the character behind them because like what I something I noticed about this movie all the extras like all the students they seem just like extras like they seem like oh like those no. are actors that are extras not all they're not them. integrated at all something about it they just feel like they're extras. They don't well, some of like them you could tell characters. because of like the clothes they're wearing or the yeah. power that they show. So some of them, you know what it's like? It's like Harry Potter, where in the books, you learn every character's name and their whole deal, and there's side stories and B-plots with all those characters. Yeah, like Cho Chang. Yeah, really yeah. Oh. well, no, she's kind of a main one. But I'm talking about yeah. like like all the other ones. In the movies, you just see them in the background, and you can identify them, but they don't really like play a part in the movie so much as the book no what i mean by like you see the kids walking in the hallway that are like just supposed to be like kids going to the school but i'm like those just seem like bad actors like i can <laughs> I mean, just tell like are. you were well the people that played them movie. were like extras yeah but like i said like that's what i'm saying i could tell yeah like pyro know? jubilee kitty pride colossus is in this by the way i didn't see him but apparently he's one of the kids okay oh. yeah uh, and he's like younger <laughs> And you know who they are by their powers. So like Pyro, like he makes a fireball. Mm-hmm. And, and he then, makes it with the lighter because he can't actually create the flame. Yeah. And then Bobby puts it out because Bobby is Iceman. And they recast that guy. Pyro, yes. Pyro gets recast in the yeah. next movie. Yeah. Bobby has always been played by the... Is that the guy from Animorphs? Yeah. 
Or is that his twin brother? No, that's him. He, okay. His twin brother looks a little bit different. What's his name? Sean Ashmore and Sean Ashmore, yeah. whatever the other Ashmore brother is. Jean Grey performs an MRI on Wolverine, this time willingly, and discovers he has a powerful metal, adamantium, lining his skeleton. He was likely experimented on and was able to survive because of his regenerative ability. Because of it, he's impossible to age and could be very old. He does not remember the experiment or anything prior. Jean shows Wolverine to his room and explains her powers to him. She's also telepathic and telekinetic. Wolverine asks her to read his mind, and she sees pain in the experimentation on his body. Cyclops playfully asks him to stay away from his girl. So I think this is fun because this introduces like their love triangle. Yeah, Logan's a little flirt. Yeah. Logan's a flirt. He's also kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to look up if like that's from the comics. Jean Grey Wolverine romance. I know it was in the cartoon because I remember Wolverine holding the picture of Jean Grey. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's such a meme. <laughs> holding the picture. I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's, it's just so, him I'll looking send sad laying in bed holding the picture. <laughs> and he's holding it. And he's like in his costume too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's right. <laughs> but isn't he like not attractive in the comics? He's like this little yes. hairy man. He, he is yeah, supposed he's to very be hairy man. short and stout and like not particularly attractive. He's supposed uh, to be like animalistic. Uh, like just like a like in that scene in the bar when they held the shotgun to him and he went and he just yeah he mostly just yeah. growls at people yeah, yeah he's hard he's very gruff and hard to talk to like yeah they like casted me. a yeah they <laughs> they casted a tall yeah. very handsome charismatic yes, man they did meow Hugh Jackman and so <laughs> so on face value Hugh Jackman is very poorly cast as Wolverine. But I mean, he but makes not at all though. But kind of not at all because he really makes the character he does. into something and here's else. The thing, all of the like people that didn't like read the comics and shit, they just see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because he's in also fa- been the only person to play him in live action. Yeah. In no fairness, they gave him the Wolverine haircut, and it doesn't look they unbelievable. Did. They did. They, it they, looks cool. I used to think it was. I mean, it doesn't look bad on him. Like that's what his hair looks like in the comics, and it's one of those things where you're like, that doesn't work in live action. And then they did it, and it kind of does. Yeah. Like he looks unkept. You know, it should you know, look ridiculous, but it doesn't for but some. But it reason. really yeah. doesn't. Yeah, he just looks like hairy and unkept, and like a wolverine is a real animal. What is it, like a little? Like, yeah, uh, it's a little like angry little rodent fair, rodent type animal <laughs> yeah uh, this i guess another like, reason why i was always obsessed with wolverine i thought he was supposed to kind of be like a wolf and i loved wolves as kids i still do as a kid i liked wolves and i i still do and i like even some of his mannerisms like the random growling and he's always sniffing like like yeah he does he have heightened senses yeah. too that's why yes. he can smell mystique later and he can smell saber tooth they can smell each other. That's the thing. So not only can he just heal quick, he also naturally has like heightened senses. Yeah, right. Oh, I feel like they never really talk about that. Not really. It's implicit. Did so you guys see his audition tape animally. where he like kind of acts like an animal? No. No, I want to see that. <laughs> Apparently, it was just twenty seconds long. Oh really? Yeah. This is a Wolverine. His wife told him not to do it. Oh, that's a Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, his wife didn't want him to do it. She he thought the it script be was so sil- dumb, and she was like, no. But he needed, Yikes. like, a win. Like, he, he hadn't been getting roles. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> I mean, they're still happily together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Deborah. They're just so... He's so freaking classy. He just seems so happy. I love Hugh Jackman so yeah. much. I've always been... I, ever since I saw this movie in first grade, I've been, like, obsessed with him. We'll talk about him probably 
Oh, we get not a whole in, segment? Yeah, and Keeper Cancel, but not in any of these movies. Because we'll, he has a solo we'll movie. We'll probably wait till like, oh, Logan or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. So oh, we'll, hell yeah. we'll go there. But that night, Rogue is awakened by Wolverine having nightmares. Luckily stirred up by Gene's meddling with his forgotten memories. Mm. Way to go, Gene. He wakes up in a panic and stabs Rogue with both sets of claws. Dying, Rogue grabs Wolverine in order to take his powers and heals herself. Many students witness this. When Wolverine awakens, Professor X explains that Rogue takes the life force of people she touches. In the case of mutants, she can take their powers temporarily. This was a good scene. It was awesome, yeah. Fun fact about Rogue, in the comics, she can fly. And she can shoot energy. Yeah, because she steals powers from Captain Marvel. Yup. She has a run-in with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel or Marvel Girl? No, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, Brie oh, Larson. Oh, but okay. She, <laughs> she, she has a run-in with her, and they have like a fight. And she held on long enough to Carol Danvers that put her in a long-ass coma. Wow. And so she got to permanently keep some of her powers. Because oh, usually cool. she can take your powers for a little bit and it goes away. But she held on long enough that not only should she have killed Captain Marvel, she maintained some of her powers permanently so she can fly and she can like shoot energy so blasts. So Captain Marvel is just weak as fuck. No. No. She survived. <laughs> <laughs> and in the cartoon, they had like a whole like five episode arc about this and it was really good. Oh, wow. And it would be a, such a good way of introducing Rogue into the MCU. If you were to well, put... people want her to appear in the second movie. I mean, could you imagine if she's in the second movie and she puts fucking Carol Danvers in a coma for like two more movies? Cool. <laughs> Knock her out of the MCU. I mean, not not for that reason. Just to be like, you know, like a lot of times the MCU wants to make a statement and change the status quo. You know, like yeah. Civil War, like split people apart. Or you Yeah, know, no, uh, this would be a good way to do that. Exactly. Anyway, I feel like also Wolverine's constantly being woken up and explained stuff. He's unconscious like 10 times in this movie. Yeah, this man doesn't get to like rest. <laughs> also, even as a kid, I thought it was like really weird. I'm like, how weird did it look to all the students and the teachers that Rogue was like in Wolverine's bedroom on his bed? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. that but then he kills her. Weird. <laughs> so does, does Rogue have like a crush on him? No. They, well, they mentioned in this Ooh. movie, they said... Uh, they say later, I think she's taken she's with taken. you or something. Jean Grey says that, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, but she like sees it more as like a father figure. Like a big brother. Or a big yeah. brother. He, he's like, oh, so man, young. I got to take care of this kid. Shit. <laughs> Although, and this might be a little bit mean, but if you look at pictures of him now, she looks older than him. She has an older look. <laughs> she's aged terribly. She's only Aww. she's only 39, and she looks like she's 50. What's her name? Anna... Anna Paquin. Paquin. Anna Paquin. She was in... And uh, Hugh Jackman, obviously. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman doesn't age. Yeah, he doesn't age. They casted the perfect guy when you think about it in that sense. <laughs> she's 39? She's 39. She looks like she's 50. She looks like, like she's literally. 60. Aww. What the fuck? Poor Does Anna. she have a country accent? In this, she does because her character's from Mississippi, but I don't know. In other things, she kind of does, too. Oh, she might... Yeah, I think she she's she's might be She's a yeah. Canadian actor, though. Oh, she's just a good actor then. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. The other thing here I feel is like somehow this movie info dumps a lot, but it doesn't always feel like an info dump. You know what I mean? I didn't get a f- info dump feel. If it doesn't feel like an info dump, then it's not an info dump. Well, it kind of is, though, because a lot of times they're just kind of explaining things to Wolverine. Well, and they did a really good job at making uh, 
Logan the like the character doesn't know what the hell is going on. So when yeah, things are explained yeah. to him, they're explained to the viewer. The audience surrogate. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a name for that. I forgot. Audience surrogate. He, yeah, he's okay. That. That's the name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, he's the point of view character. So like you learn things as he learns things. But there's so many things here, like to Stanley's point. You don't have to explain how they got their powers, but now you do have to explain all their individual powers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, you have to explain how they work and all that stuff. But oh, like everybody oh, has a different power. Yeah, yeah. So here's a movie that introduces at least ten mutants, and they all have an individual power, and they have to either be in, they have to either be told to you or shown to you. And so I think this movie balances it out very well. How come like other superheroes that have powers aren't considered mutants? Because they're not mutants. So, like, the mutant is that they're just normal humans and their bodies are evolving into having what they call the X gene. Mm. And that gives them a superpower. Whereas other people in, like, the Marvel universe get their powers from an accident or from some sort of experimentation. Or or Terrigen crystals, which is infused with Kree technology (laughs) to turn them into inhumans. Yeah, we're not getting into that. Uh... (laughs) Meanwhile, Senator Kelly is abducted by the Brotherhood of Mutants. That's Magneto's gang. Mystique, the shape-shifting femme fatale, had been undercover as his aide. They take him to their lair, where Magneto is using him as a guinea pig for his new machine that should trigger a mutation in normal humans. His mutation seems to be that he can bend and stretch, and sort of accidentally escapes his prison and swims ashore. The hideout that they're in is a little Bond villainy. <laughs> you know what I it mean? It is, but apparently that is uh the island Genosha, which is a very prominent place in like X Men lore. That little rock island? Yeah. Oh. At least I according to that. Wikipedia, that was supposed to be Genosha. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just like it's just a rock formation. Like there's no like plants yeah. or anything like it's almost that. Almost like an Alcatraz type. Yeah. Place. <laughs> But then I keep going back and forth because on the one hand, I'm like, this is way too Bond villain. And on the other hand, I'm like, he made this from metal. Like he just went on this island, brought a lot of metal and just built this entire hideout. Like, did you notice that? I honestly yeah. didn't think anything of like, this It looks hideout. like a little fortress. Because it's like this fortress and like, like they're surrounded by rocks and they're like, there's like a creek and stuff. Yeah. But all of like the building aspects of it are just like sheet metal because the implication is Magneto just built it himself using his superpowers. I honestly like don't remember what it looks like. Like it kind of looks like a lot of nothing. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, also, it's... really dark. Yeah. In, yeah every time like, they showed it, like his, his like his chair is like a big chunk of metal, and his table is a big chunk of metal. And then like that bridge that he makes is just like he grabs metal oh, yeah. from like the wall, and he just kind of turns it into a bridge. You know, the prison cell is just like a cave that he put metal bars onto. There's obviously like a lot of thought put into this, right? It's not like a building, but are there bathrooms? Like, is there an air? Like, is there a, a fire oh, suppression sh- system? <laughs> like, like mm. if there's a leak, who fixes it? Like, he just like water? slaps some water on top of it, <laughs> or metal. some metal on top slaps of it. metal over it. <laughs> he like <laughs> reconfigures it, it with metal, I guess. Yeah, he can. So he's like make a plumber. Pipes, but is he making toilets? <laughs> Is I mean, my point. if you gotta is go, you gotta go. to the irrigation you know? system? Like, it's just it's like a just rock, dumps though. into the ocean, you know? Ew, it's... that's not where it's supposed to go. Because, <laughs> like, later up. on, like, in, I think it's Apocalypse, he rebuilds the X-Mansion. Like, oh, yeah. between him and Jean Grey, and I'm like, come on. 
like I can understand that you use magnetism and you can like move things around or whatever. Yeah, he did like the infrastructure, and Gene probably just placed all the materials. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, can you like build a pipe and a toilet and like working like mechanisms and gears and shit? I don't know about all that. I'm sure if he Whoa. thinks hard enough, he can do anything he wants. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the senator. <laughs> so yeah, Senator Kelly, he gets turned into a stretchy, stretchy bendy boy. <laughs> bendy yeah, boy. and he also like gets like gills. Yeah, were those back. gills? Like yes. that's what we were we were debating this. When he came out of the water, they like closed up. So I'm assuming that's how he survived floating to the fucking beach yeah. from wherever the hell the, they were at. The cinematic implication is that he's like a jellyfish man because they have the little boy playing with the jellyfish. Oh, we got to yeah. talk about this part? And he's being yeah, a little I, dick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a jellyfish and you you didn't know there was a holocaust. So. Okay, well, we've moved past that. So this scene pops up and like Tommy's playing with a jellyfish, Tommy. a living creature. And no, his, that's a dead creature. his empathetic little sister comes up. And she's like, Tommy, I'm telling mommy. And I'm like, yes, girl, go get your mom. Make him stop. And he's like, that little girl's so annoying. Like he's just minding his own business playing with something. I'm like, he's torturing an animal. And he's like, no, that's a chunk of Senator Kelly. I'm like, I always thought that was a chunk of Senator Kelly that just fell fell on shore. He literally thought that that was like a blob chunk off of Senator Kelly. I'm like, bitch, Senator Kelly hasn't even come to shore yet. Have you seen a jellyfish before? (laughs) It looks just like a jellyfish. Yeah, but I thought he was a jellyfish man. And then we looked up photos of jellyfish and they look just like that. They look just like that. But also, when we watched Senator Kelly. Yeah, but they're also dead by the time they wash up on shore. So, like, he's playing with a little dead body. It it's just still it. kind of fucked up. It is <laughs> fucked, but he's not torturing anything. That kid's gonna be a sociopath. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's see where Tommy ends up. Yeah. Or oh, Tommy they should have brought him back in the sequels. Oh my god. I would have loved Tommy. That. I'm telling mom. Anyway, no, I also like the part where Sabretooth just drops him, and he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and then Magneto's like pissed off about it because <laughs> I think Magneto actually wanted him to like be a mutant with them. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, a.k.a. Iceman, meets with Rogue and shames her for using her powers against another mutant. He tells her Professor X is furious with her and that she should leave. A gold shimmer in his eye reveals he's actually Mystique. The team intends on finding Rogue and Professor X uses Cerebro to find her. They really milk Mystique as a plot point. She's always at the right place at the right time. She's always playing everybody, and, and as they should. She's a good tool for like moving the plot or whatever but uh, yeah that actually works really well but it does happen a lot in almost every x-men movie I think. yeah also they retroactively explain like in the in first class that she's very familiar with xavier's mansion how she Wasn't lived she there. A student there yeah she lived there when she was well, younger right. and they, they were they were like best friends and they were like best friends growing up her and professor X? yeah yeah. Really? First Class is a really good movie, actually. In First Class, yeah. Oh, I need to watch that. I forgot about all that. And that's not... I mean, obviously, they weren't planning that when they made this movie. But at the same no. time, like... It works. It works because... It, retroactively. Because, you know, having seen this movie on its own, I would have been like, how does she know where to go? Like, does she know about... I mean, and then you can justify, like, well, Magneto probably knows where that is. But... Or maybe she used to be a student there and left. Or... Yeah. Which was I guess she, she was. Or makeup. No, no that was makeup. makeup. Like, all of it was makeup. Yeah. And that was cool. really good makeup. It yeah. looked amazing. It's Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Well, now she's Rebecca Romaine. At the time, she was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. She's mm-hmm. married to John Stamos. Oh. Uncle Jesse himself. And yeah, it's just prosthetics and makeup. Yeah. And, like, paint. It looks really good. And the prosthetics, like, cover up all the all the bits. I'm sure that took 
hours upon hours. Takes hours, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing on Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. For continuity. I mean, when they for care some about reason, continuity, it didn't they care about... cool on her, though. Really? I, don't I think know. it looks just as good. I don't know. Like, I was super impressed when I saw it. I was like, this is from 2000? Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. There are a lot of effects that look really good. There's some that haven't aged super well, like Cyclops is like... Cyclops is power blast. laser blast. Or they Senator little... Kelly squeezing through the bars. Yeah. It, it looks a little like PS2 video gamey. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, that's the technology they had at the time, though. Yeah. All the practical I... stuff looks great. Oh, the practical stuff is good. And there's some good CGI blend of practical and, and uh, CGI because when he gets into Cerebro and the room gets bigger, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's using the uh, vertigo effect. I don't remember. Yeah, we, we talked about the vertigo effect. It's when like you move the camera backwards while zooming in. Oh, and it, oh yeah. We talked about it in the last movie we watched, I think. I think so, yeah. Okay. I don't remember why. Anyway, they do a little bit of that, but then they accentuate it with like CGI. To make the room like really expand, yeah, you know, and then you can see yeah, every yeah. mutant in the world. And I like that little smoky effect where he's like looking through all the mutants and he's finding them. You know. Oh yeah. That I always cool. thought Cerebro looked cool in the movies. Yeah, in the cartoons, it's just a big ass computer. Yeah. Oh. So this is way better. <laughs> what is that room made of? Metal. Oh, just metal. I guess. Metal. <laughs> it looks like it's made out of metal. Oh. <laughs> Storm and Cyclops go to find Rogue. And Wolverine sneaks out to do the same. They go to the train station where they're attacked by Sabretooth and Toad. Wolverine finds Rogue on a train and convinces her to return to the school and give Professor X, who he now trusts, a second shot. The train stops and is ripped open by Magneto. Wolverine stands up to him and asks what he wants with him. Magneto responds, A remarkable metal doesn't run through your body, does it? He answers that he has no interest in Wolverine and takes Rogue instead. I think that scene's so good. Why? It's like Magneto coming up against uh, Wolverine. That whole oh, man yeah. made of the man made of metal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that was a cool scene. I don't know why I like didn't think anything of it. I love their paper rock scissors effect to their powers. You know, like one person's power is powerful against another person who may have an advantage on someone else, but has a disadvantage against another. Oh, thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Unless like, you're Magneto and you just make a helmet to counter your disadvantage. Well, that's the thing, and we're gonna see it a little bit later where there's like a standoff in the next scene. But Wolverine, who's up to this point in the movie and in like TV and the show and comics or whatever, you think is a pretty powerful, strong mutant. You put him against Magneto. He's the weakest one of them all. Oh, yeah. Because he's completely made out of metal. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, how are you going to fight him? Are you going to run at him? That doesn't stop him from trying, though. (laughs) He's going to give it a fighting shot. (laughs) Yeah. And it also like this is kind of the turn for Wolverine as a character who's like because he's like a loner. Yeah. Up until now. He's like clearly very worried about Rogue. Like he goes after her. He wants her to be in the school. Like he trusts these people. He trusts Professor X, who's trying to help him too. Like I think he says like these are good people, and there's not that many of them. There's yeah. not that many of those, right? Yeah. He, he said he's I like, think it, they it's... genuinely want to help you. Yep, yeah. And that's a rare thing for people like us. Again, just because these guys haven't been through the Holocaust doesn't mean like they don't understand like being discriminated against. Yeah. You got a lot of notes, and I feel like do you have anything to? If these all come later. Okay. Cool. outside magneto sabertooth and toad are surrounded by police with their weapons drawn sabertooth and toad turn on magneto under control of professor x magneto's helmet protects him from any sort of telepathy magneto doubles down and tells xavier to kill him and that they'll have a number on you too the camera pans down to his holocaust tattoo 
Magneto goes a step further and takes all the guns and aims them back to the police. He shoots a gun and stops the bullet and says, Care to press your luck, Charles? I don't think I can stop them all. Professor X concedes and releases Toad and Sabretooth. So this scene is... That scene was cool. It, this scene amazing. is amazing. Yep. This is an amazing scene. This this is the kind of thing in this movie that holds up today. It's such a good standoff like, between these two characters. Yeah. And yeah, when Xavier really starts like controlling Sabretooth and Toad like to speak to Magneto directly that way. Yeah. Like, I oh, thought the, the gun thing where the guns are all pointed at the cops... Jessica Jones, that scene with Kilgrave. Yeah, they, when he has the same everybody. Exact thing. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember it, that? Scene? I don't remember that. How do you scene? not remember that? It was iconic, but it she, was the she, same yeah. exact. She goes into the police station. All the cops are just pointing their guns at each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh were yeah. they actually holding the guns though? Yeah, yeah he can't. Yeah, he yeah, can't yeah. like lift the guns, but he can control people. But they were all yeah aiming at each other. And it's like oh, it's yeah. kind it's of like kinda... frightening. It's eerie to look at. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one of those like villain defining moments of like this is this is how far they'll go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and but that was always a cool scene. I love that because Professor X, always having hope in Magneto, tries to call his bluff, and Magneto like shoots the guy, stops a bullet though because he's still kind of bluffing, but then he's like giving him another shot. Like, yeah. I don't think I can stop all the bullets, or will I? Like, as he has the bullet slowly going into this guy's <laughs> head. I love that the guy's like freaking out because he thinks he's dead. Well, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> but this is another one of those like paper, rock, scissors things like they're at like a, a real standoff. Yeah. What can Magneto do to like beat Professor X and what can Professor X do to beat Magneto? And this is like a genuinely tense scene, too. Oh, yeah, it's good. Meanwhile, Mystique sabotages Cerebro. When Professor X tries using it to locate Rogue a second time, he's knocked out by it. As Wolverine and Storm argue about what to do, they're surprised by Senator Kelly, who has sought out Jean Grey for refuge. Jean reads Kelly's memories and sees what Magneto has done to him. The machine was supposed to trigger a mutation, but his body is rejecting it. As he dies, he asks Storm if she hates normal people. She admits that really she's just scared of them. He says she has one less human to be afraid of and dies. I like that this is when Senator Kelly kind of redeems himself. He like gets it now, you know? His whole fate's like kind of ironic too, like just how it turns around on him. Yeah. And when you look at like, again, what the allegory is, is these groups of people that are all it is is that they're just scared of one another. You know, the mutants are scared of the regular people as the regular people are scared of the mutants. And it's no different than like, like discrimination against like black people or like gay people or any one of these groups. It's just fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Without Professor X, Jean tries using Cerebro and learns Magneto's plan is to mutate the world leaders at the UN gathering on Ellis Island, but he doesn't know that his machine won't work. They suit up with Wolverine and the four go to Liberty Island. There, Magneto gazes onto the Statue of Liberty, remembering when he first saw it after World War II. America was a land of tolerance and peace, and that rogue will have to die because there is no tolerance and there is no peace. And that's just more of what we said earlier that like what this means to him as a Holocaust survivor, right? All of these Holocaust references like flew right over my head. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. Like the little tat, his tattoo that they zoomed in on. I thought that was like his mutant tattoo. Oh, like you thought they had like already marked him as a mutant? I guess so. I just you you mean when you were a kid or like right now? Like now. Oh, uh, (laughs) yikes! So I just it didn't click with me. And during the Holocaust, they tattooed. Um, they numbered. No, them I knew. All. I know that. But yeah. I just I didn't well, put it together in the movie. Yeah, that's the um the metaphor. Yeah. You know they want to register humans, 
and they already did that with the Jews. And that's, like they literally numbered them. Yeah, that's Magneto's entire motivation. Yeah, it's like he doesn't yeah. want to see this happen all over again. He's being a little extreme with his reaction. Yeah, but but it, like I said, I mean, it is what he came from. Yeah, like he came to America under the guise of like tolerance and peace. That's what they told him, and that's what you know. The give me your hungry and you're tired and your or your yeah, your America was supposedly founded on. Exactly, and then he's like, "I've seen this before. This is how it starts, and there is no peace. Like it's only going to get worse from here." I do like the argument. It's not very long, and it's like one of Storm's only scenes where she argues with Wolverine for a second, and he says to her. You know, he's right. Like, there is a war coming. Are you sure you're on the right side? Because, <laughs> I mean, Wolverine is like, yeah, he's kind of like with the X-Men now, but like... He also gets it. Yeah, this is an yeah. ideological debate. It's not like it's like me against you. It's like, how do you... You know, people are going to have different opinions on this. And yeah. maybe Wolverine is also kind of fed up with being pushed around. And that is something we see in the later movies, too, is people switching sides. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. X-Jet. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Isn't it just a blackbird? Yeah, it's a real plane. Uh, oh. But, I mean, the blackbird's pretty cool, too. <laughs> it's a cool plane. That is cool. I don't think the interior is real. That's a set. But the plane itself is real. Yeah. And then the suits. Do you want to talk costumes later? We can talk it later. Because I know you, you probably have opinions on this. I do. Mm. What do you prefer, yellow spandex? Yeah, I actually <laughs> do, Cyclops. <laughs> do you really like their yellow outfits more? I really do like their yellow outfits. Well, you love the color yellow. <laughs> That's his favorite color. Oh, wow. Everybody write that down. (laughs) That is my favorite color. I know. On Liberty Island, the X-Men encounter Mystique and Toad. Wolverine fights Mystique disguising as himself. Toad fights the others. After getting knocked down an elevator shaft, a pissed off storm comes back surrounded by lightning. She says, and is this the worst line in the movie? Because we we try to sometimes to like pick out the worst line in the movie. But she says, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? the same thing that happens to everything else and calls a bolt of lightning to fry toad into the hudson river mystique tries sneaking up on wolverine as storm but is sniffed out and stabbed by wolverine so is that the worst line in the movie? i think it's the worst line in the movie or is it a it's, good line i think it's iconic i, I mean it's, it is iconic <laughs> yeah i don't think it's iconic for the right reasons i remember as a kid thinking that line was stupid but the thing is not every hero is spider-man that has like all the best quips to say <laughs> that's you true. know what i mean like i think why she's, say anything at all well she's pissed off and she's like <laughs> you I'm realize i can quip. Yeah, I think she's like, you realize I can fucking kill you with lightning, right? You little piece of shit. And then she yeah, does. Yeah, I hate Toad. Toad and so she ugly. does. Also, is Storm just straight up a murderer? Let's not forget Storm is an Omega level mutant. She's one of the more powerful. <laughs> she just zapped him and then he fucking flew into the ocean. <laughs> you know, I did write down a mic. Like, Storm's powers are badass. Like, I love how she's they look in this badass. movie. And as a kid, I just didn't think anything of her. I've never been a huge fan of Storm, but I'm like a fan now of Storm. Like, she's fucking cool. Again, she's supposed to be one of the more powerful well, yeah. X Men. Who I, are know. like the Omegas? Is there more? Magneto, uh, Xavier. I don't think Jean Grey is. I think it's only because of the Phoenix. Uh, I think yeah. Rogue is. Is she? I, I think so. I, I meant think to she's look one up. of the most powerful mutants, like, period. Oh. But her uh, powers are very, like, like circumstantial, though. No. Wolverine's, Le- like, supposed to be just kind of like an anybody. Legion is, right? I don't know. We're, we can look it up for the next one, maybe. Yeah. Um, and they, know you know what? Though. For the third movie, they mention it. They talk about Omega-level mutants. Oh. oh they okay. use that term? Yeah. Juggernaut is not one, right? No, he's just big. 
He's just a strong guy. Yeah. The thing is, some of these mutants like have yet to realize their potential too, because like in this storm gets beat a lot, but she's like super powerful. Yeah. And it's not till she's like pissed off that she comes yeah. flying out with lightning surrounding her and her eyes are all white and shit. Also, it's kind of hard to understand Mystique's fight with uh, Wolverine because like her claws aren't real. I was They're always like fingers. By that. <laughs> well, she gets them cut off really easily too. When she's being Wolverine and like screams, it's not his voice; it's her scream. Well, because he cuts her like fingers off, basically. Her her claws aren't real claws; she's just yeah. pretending. Mm. So when he slices them, they just like slice right off, and like blood comes out. And she was like, "Ah, that. yeah, yeah." And she screams, yeah. But she's also just kind of like she's a femme fatale, so she's like acrobatic and like she's like Black yeah. Widow. She's, she's always Black like Widow kicking could people. Shapeshift. Yeah. Magneto arrives to the top of the Statue of Liberty. He locks up all the X-Men to the walls. They tell him that Senator Kelly died, but he refuses to believe him, having no room for doubt in his master plan. Wolverine escapes and fights Sabretooth. Right here, there's a ton of questionable physics. <laughs> it's happened throughout this movie so far, but like the part where Wolverine and Sabretooth are fighting on the crown of the Statue of Liberty... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's that scene where he... <laughs> Sabretooth picks up Wolverine, throws him... Off of the Statue of Liberty, and then he, with his claws, he grabs oh, onto he like he does like a three sixty around the entire. Yeah, he grabs onto like one of the crown like little things, like on, one of the you know, spikes, her, and he does a full three sixty and lands on top of like the platform, <laughs> and then the the little edge of it just falls off, like it cuts yeah. off. They defaced uh, the, the way, Statue of Liberty. <laughs> the way he ends up there, he looks like he's floating. And for a second, I thought it was Mystique as Wolverine because she's really acrobatic. For a split second, I was Why like, wait. Fighting? No, it was just I bad CGI. I, it just was very odd it's, looking. There's a lot of wire work in this that looks like wire work. Especially yeah, when you look at it. wiry. Wiry. Yeah, and then the way his claws were just kind of like moving through the Statue of Liberty like it was literally butter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was like a hot knife. Like there, there was like no resistance. I think the resistance is what kept him. I don't. And uh, something you know about I mean? it just looked weird. Because like, when I saw that scene, I was like, something, something's not right. It's always looked janky for me. But if you, so if if you've got like a blade like that and you're grabbing onto like other metal, that'll slow you down. It's yeah. not gonna keep you. It's not like a rope that's gonna keep you latched on. You're gonna do a whole circle around the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is, yeah, like some of the other wire work. Like anytime Mystique jumps. She looks like she's floating in air a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Some of those things haven't aged well in a movie that has, for the most part, aged very well. I think. Oh, yeah. For the most yeah. part, yeah. It's aged very well. But the irony is that Professor X teaches physics in this movie. And yet, <laughs> there's no good physics in this movie. <laughs> Did we already get to the part where Mystique is disguised as the Statue of Liberty? Oh my god, no. I forgot. No, 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 no. We did get to that part. We passed that, but I didn't mention it. Oh, yeah. How how the fuck is so she can be a statue too? She can disguise herself into so many I guess things. literally I thought anything. That was interesting. Yeah. And it's I forgot about that. Right when Magneto like grabs all the mutants too and Cyclops yells, "Zap him!" to like storm. <laughs> and Magneto's oh, yeah. like, "We're inside of a giant like copper <laughs> conductor." <laughs> I thought you guys lived in a school. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so Cyclops is just fucking dumb. He's probably the dumbest of them all. Let's be for I mean, I'm not saying he's dumb, dumb. He's but like, dumb, dumb. He's Cyclops is kind of He's lame. the least smart. The thing about Marvel heroes is that half of them have PhDs. Like, they're all super geniuses. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I like how right before he takes off his fucking glasses, like, I would close your eyes if I were you. <laughs> yeah. I love that Magneto's done his research. He knows all their powers. Yeah, he, yeah. he knows, like, everything about them. He's honestly, He's like, one of my favorite characters. He's, like, barely a villain at this point. <laughs> She's on- He's just awesome. She's on Magneto's side. <laughs> like, his anger comes from a place where I would totally understand, like... He's smart as fuck. They're all smart. That's my that's my um, point. Is well, that they're all geniuses. <laughs> no, not Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops or, is the dummy. Or Wolverine. Let's be yeah. real. Yeah, he's Wolverine. smart. Mm. Wolverine. He's resourceful. He's, he's not smart. Yeah, he's street smart. Yeah, I was about that's to say you're gonna say he's street smart. Because <laughs> I guess you don't believe there's a thing called book smart and street smart, I think and they're very real. Enormous. I think there's being resourceful and being educated. So he's not educated? No. Wolverine? Probably not. He definitely has the time to be educated because he's lived like forever, but uh, he's very yeah, wise, okay, he's but old, he's not very smart. He's... He's, only, he's mostly just lived through a bunch of wars. What does he do that's not smart? I don't get it. He's, he runs he's at not. Magneto. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> he's made of metal. Uh, yep. Not his brightest All moment. Those things. But... Storm and Jean send Wolverine up to the statue's torch where the machine is powering up Magneto's powers through Rogue. Although Magneto is weakened, he can still stop Wolverine from destroying the machine, and Cyclops is able to shoot Magneto in the back. Wolverine destroys the machine, and then touches Rogue in an attempt to transfer his healing powers to her, but she seems to be lifeless for a moment. She wakes up, and all his previous wounds from the entire film reappear. (laughs) This is a good little moment of like, it's been a whole movie, you kind of learn what their powers are, you know, he goes to touch her to like wake her up and like so she can heal and he doesn't get hurt at all. And so the implication is like she's dead. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. And then like a second later he starts to kinda of, like hold her and then like he starts like Then you see his head busted dying. open from yeah. flying through the windshield again. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like she wakes up and she had taken his powers or whatever, but any longer he could have like actually died. Just like the first time. Yeah. It's so hard in these movies to, like, do a really good third act. And there are parts of this that, like we said, are a little janky, a little wonky, a little dated. But for the most part, this is really good. It it is. Yeah. And I really like just having, like, a really smart villain. You know, it's not because of his own hubris that he's losing or because he's stupid. It's like, like, he, he knows what he's doing. And even in that second where... He has a little bit of doubt when they tell him, like, no, like, Senator Kelly died. Like, all those people are going to die. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, he's you like, know? did you actually see what you think you saw? Like, oh. <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> Back at the mansion, Professor X awakens next to Wolverine, who is again unconscious. <laughs> Sometime later, Professor X shows Wolverine an abandoned military base in Canada, where he believes he'll find answers to his origin. On the TV, the X-Men see that Senator Kelly has reversed his stance on mutant registration, although they know him to be dead. It's Mystique yet again. Rogue stops Wolverine from leaving without saying goodbye. I kind of like their little relationship that they've built through the movie. Rogue and Wolverine. Yeah. 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 They've kind of like, you they know, they like found a each bit other. They a bond there. Yeah. They, they do. Fa- They're both like lone people that. Exactly. Yeah, they I found like each it. other and they kind of like guided each other to like finding this family basically right yeah yeah we skipped over a part where when jean gray 
wakes him up from being unconscious yet again because she's like playing with his body hair and he says that tickles do you remember that <laughs> playing with his body hair <laughs> i mean that was like an extreme no, way of saying no, 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 because it. she was putting those probes no she, out of him she's removing all his bandages yeah, yeah. and realizing that he's completely healed therefore he's back to normal yeah playing because with his, his body hair. <laughs> because he's he heals himself yeah and then she first of all she whispers every single line she has in this movie did you guys notice that no i thought except when she was standing in front of the capitol hill crowd and speaking yeah but other than that if she's not in a crisis she's whispering everything so she's like talking to logan as he wakes up about whispers maybe like soft-spoken but Uh, being soft-spoken is you don't like framp jensen Berto thinks it's sexy. Wow, she's hot. She is she's very hot. pretty. She's hot. But she's um, the mom and wanted. She. Oh yeah. She said a few other things. Yeah. That's when they're talking, and she's like, "Oh, like he's like, how's the girl?" And she's like, "Oh, she's good. I think she's taken by you." And he goes, "Oh, well, tell her my heart belongs to someone else." I'm like, <laughs> "You guys met like 48 hours ago, mate." Basically, like, yeah. I, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" What a little slit. I think he's just As a in really him, not her. Right. I think he's just a really He's so funny. Not a good flirt. He's just he comes off a little hard. He like, comes you know what I mean? So strong. Yeah, well, he comes also, off strong. I think he just wanted to piss off Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah, I think his motivations are twofold. It's one, get in Jean Grey's pants and two, piss off Cyclops. Yeah. Cuz even before when she he was like, "Oh, read my mind." And she's like, I don't want to do that. He's like, oh, afraid you'll like it. And like, he's all creepy. He's like kind it. of borderline creepy. Like, he's a, bro- like he's, a, he's a complete stranger that's like infiltrated your school. And like, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I honestly think that's a little odd too. I like they yeah. had a complete stranger sleeping where kids can access his room and he can access their rooms. Like, that's kind of odd. And a kid does access his and room and he stabs her. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, they should have had him somewhere yeah. else. Maybe you don't bring in the riffraff yeah. in your boarding school. No, they brought him in and they Are just... mutants dangerous? Um <laughs> This fucker this is. One is. Good lord. But yeah. Yeah, I never bought this romance. The like, Jean uh, Wolverine and, uh, Wolverine and Wolverine Jean or... Grey, yeah. Logan and, and Jean Grey. Because it happened so fast. No, I just I'm like there's nothing she... there. What do they see in each other? Yeah, there's I don't no, feel like there's uh, that. Chemistry. Yeah. To me, if you have one character that's super serious and moody, blah, they can't vibe with another character that's the same way. Like Jean Grey, they're very kind of like, they're both like. You know I what know. I think it is? Because they explore us a little bit in the third movie, but not very well. I think it's the Phoenix Force in her mm. that is into Wolverine. Oh, the Phoenix but wants she... to fuck Wolverine. Yes. Oh, shit. But she is into Cyclops. Who Steve. the hell sees uh, anything Scott, in Scott. Cyclops? Jean Grey does, because she's a nice woman. But the Phoenix Force is a fucking animal. That's kind of interesting. Just like Wolverine. I, I think that's. What? I think that might be kind of the source of her... Edginess? Desire. You know, like, yeah, like her conflict. Is that she's, she's two things in one, really. Ah, oh, but they don't know that yet. Right, because the Phoenix Force is like this alien, basically. Yeah. Who has taken her body. Is it in her body right now? Mm. Yeah. Has it always been there? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it grows and grows. It's always been there. Uh, a celestial being or something. It's a celestial being. Yeah, it gets her when she's young or when she's like just born or something like that. And Xavier sees it when she's young and he is actively preventing her from 
mm. from like accessing her true potential because it's too much for her because he senses that it could be too powerful. Oh, okay. So he's ha- he's been hacking her brain this whole time. And she doesn't know. She doesn't figure it out till later. Oh. She gets mad at him for it. I think and she, rightfully she so. Him. Yeah, but she also kills him. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah. Well, it's the Phoenix Force, really. acting. But up. does she kill him because he comes back? He comes back. The and it's never explained how he comes back. It's nonsense. Oh, I don't remember that. It's, it comes up later. Anyway. Wait, we left off where he was saying goodbye to Rogue. He yeah. gives her his tag. Dog tags, yeah. And when I, I was always so jealous. I always wanted his tag so bad. So when I was little, I had this little um, necklace. And it was the shape of it like a tag. And it was like, it had swirls what? and colors. Your, your infatuation with... Wolverine and Hugh Jackman started young. And Michael I'm Keaton. telling you, if you fucking say one more, God, cut this out of the podcast. Cut it the fuck out. <laughs> Dump it. Dump it. All right, talk no, about Hugh Jackman. I, I don't think you guys realize I was obsessed with him. I don't say that lightly. Like, I watch these movies all the time. So you always wanted I, Wolverine's dog tags. I wanted them. So I had this necklace of my own that looked like a dog tag, but it had like purple and blue, like swirly designs on it. Like nothing like his, obviously. And I would wear it and pretend that it was his. Nice. Wow. I, I <laughs> hate I that. I hate you. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> okay. Well. And that was the last note that I had on this movie. Oh, cool. That's it. <laughs> okay. The wow. It ended. Okay. But like your notes are just, I, okay, they're just her thoughts. Yeah. Which is fine. That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, it is. Would you rather me come in here with just fun facts and shit that you guys already talk about? I come in here with a completely different perspective. Did you watch the special and my features? Own personal anecdotes. We I did not. not. Yeah, I, I didn't features. actually. I thought I you were going to well, do I have it the DVD. Time. They're on there. I don't know there. if I've ever seen but the special we, features. We should watch them. I think but we, we got it on VHS. I have them on Blu ray, but was we watched even it out on... on VHS. Yes, it was. I'm pretty sure it's that's a movie from the year 2000. I had it on VHS. We had the VHSs for sure. Okay. Professor X and Magneto play chess in a prison cell made entirely of plastic. Magneto loses and asks why he keeps coming to visit. Professor X responds the same as before. He's in search of hope in his old friend. And that's that's and the movie. Professor X wins chess. Yeah, that's the fun part is that <laughs> it's a metaphor, right? This whole movie, like they're always interlocked in this endless yeah. game of chess. But in this specific time, this specific game, Charles won. Yeah. Yeah. That's he, interesting. That's clever. It is clever because you see at the end he walks out or he's carried out or whatever. Not carried. He's rolled out. Yeah. He's carried uh, out. <laughs> sorry. Rolled out. And Magneto tips over his king and you see yeah. that the rook had him in checkmate. Yeah. So like he had beaten him. That's kind of cool. I want that chessboard. It's cool. The it's plasticky. Glass. No, it, it looked, might be glass. It looked. It was glass. I want it. I want it's... like a super cool <laughs> chessboard too. We have a cool one from Mexico. We do. It's made of jade. Ooh. <laughs> All right. What? Uh, why are you? Why, I, you brought it up. That was just a cute little fact you added. In there. It is. It's a jade chessboard. The whole thing's made of jade. Just the way he said it was cute. All you right. Seem very well, proud. Okay. That's the movie. Yep. Basically. Before we go on, do you have a part in the analysis portion of we get to choose what power we would want if we were a mutant? If you want to, I thought would you like to add, add that. Can we add that section in now? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, go. Ask us. <laughs> so this is a new segment called Which Mutant Power Would You Want to Have? Would You Not Want to Be a Mutant? And Would You Take the Cure if... Oh, that I guess that doesn't make sense because you just wouldn't be a mutant. Okay. Right. If you got the chance to be a mutant, would you? Um, it. De- I think it depends on the specific power. Right, if you were rogue. Because like, a lot of these people get to... Yeah, a lot of these people get to, like, 
go under the radar unnoticed. Yeah. So, like, you've got Jean Grey and Professor X who, like, they can totally pass as regular humans. But people like that angel guy with the big wings in future movies. Yeah. And yeah. Mystique. And, and that might be one of the few highlights of the third X-Men movie is Angel. He's cool. Where he literally cannot hide that he is a mutant and as much he as he tries. He tries to. He, like, cuts his wings off. They grow that back. That scene scared me as a kid. Yeah. But then you've got, like, Cyclops, who has, like, a cool power. He can shoot laser beams. But also, he can never open his eyes. He has to wear that. And he wears sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. So is it, you know, and even in this movie, they knock his headgear off. And, yeah. like, he blows. Like, he blows a like, roof. Or he blows the roof a off hole of the, in the roof. Yeah. subway station, train station. The train station. Yeah, but it allowed Storm to get a lot of, like, weather in. Yeah. I think I'd want Storm's powers. She can also kind of like cruise She's under the badass. radar. Yeah. yeah, and she just looks so cool. Or I would want um I don't know, whose powers would you guys want? I've always liked Wolverine's, but to Me his too. point, it is painful. But at the same time, like if I was Wolverine, I'd be doing all kinds of shit. I wouldn't be so scared of getting hurt. Yeah, cuz he heals. He heals. Although he feels all the pain though. Yeah. So Okay, so you I but, think Wolverine's power or Storm's power. What about Professor X? I don't want to be in people's minds. Bleh, I would do that. <laughs> really? I'd overthink it. If you I was would like, overthink it. I would it. be like, do they like me? Are they mad at me? You well, would. Me are they that. mad at me? <laughs> and I would be doing that all the time. I wouldn't be able to control myself. Uh, it yeah. would take over my life and I would I, get the cure. Uh, <laughs> also, it comes with like being paralyzed. That's the exactly. other thing. Exactly. Magnetos are kind of cool. Jean Grey but, is paralyzed. Here, okay. Here's the thing about Magneto. If you had that level of superpowers... Would you use it for the wrong things? Like, would you, like, be drunk with power? No. I like, wouldn't personally. Okay. I, I can would, go into, I might rob a bank. I, that's what I was going to say. I can <laughs> rob a bank, and if anybody tries to stop me, if anyone tries to shoot me, I can stop all the bullets. Yeah. I can do whatever I want, basically. Unless yeah, but they I wouldn't put you hurt in a, anyone. Okay, but would you be drunk with power, though? No. I, I would think get I'd enough be money like to a, live comfortably. I'd be a so vigilante. you're still robbing a bank, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I would be a vigilante. <laughs> oh, so you'd use your powers for good? Your I metal would bending? I for sure, yeah, yeah. Oh. I think I would like want if there was a... would you be a Would you be a Robin Hood? Yeah. Rob from the rich, give to the poor, that kind of thing? No. <laughs> I don't the know poor. if I would do that. No. <laughs> what about, I, yeah, Iceman. What about Iceman? I, I, I would want Iceman's powers. They're basically like from the Avatar. It's that cool. This came way benders. first. You can like slide around on ice. It's really cool. He does slide around a lot. And then you never have to ice. worry about your house catching on fire. I wonder if he's ever cold, though. Maybe he doesn't feel the cold. Probably doesn't, if mm. he can control it. I think Pyro is too dangerous. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be Pyro. It's like I wouldn't a... want to be Pyro. I wouldn't no. want to be a firebender. I think the least the least X-Men or mutant I would want to be is one where, like, you're physically disfigured. Like, like Sabertooth. Toad. Yeah. Toad is so. Did you see his hideous? Toad's like gums are green and like pale, oh, and his yeah. teeth are like little chiclets. He was so gross. Oh, well, Ray Park's not a very attractive man. That too. That's Darth oh, Maul. Did know. you know that? Really? Yeah. yeah. That's literally Darth Maul. That's Ray Park. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, this is yeah. Darth Maul. Oh, I saw yeah. you have a note about Obi Wan. Oh, Obi Wan. We're we're getting there. Just oh, stop reading my nose. Jesus. I didn't know this was Star Wars related. But... It's not. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. So wait, you said Storm. If I had to choose one right now, off the top of my head. I think I'd choose 
for my whole life it's been Wolverine. My whole life. <laughs> I wanted to be him, but Wolf. I was also obsessed with him. So what about who's the other who's the female Wolverine? X twenty three. X twenty three about X twenty three. Oh, the little girl? No, the one that has it in her fingers. She just like her nails turn oh, into yeah. blades. Oh wait, I think that's Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. Oh. X twenty three. She's is... kind of cool. I actually would kind of want to be Storm, honestly. Yeah, Lady Deathstrike is the the one with the nails. If I wanted a rainy day, I could just make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's the superpower. If I wanted a cozy day in. If so, I'm in the mood for a hurricane, like okay, I'm, I'm in between like Magneto, but again, would I, would I be drunk with power? Would I abuse it? The fact that you can't answer that is a little alarming. Jean you Gr- don't know if you would abuse your power. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of scary. Temptation is. Real. I know for a fact I wouldn't. What about like Jean Grey? Like, okay, like you have telekinesis and you have telepathy, but maybe you've got a phoenix phoenix force inside of you that's <laughs> evil. Venus. A Venus force. I meant Phoenix. I was gonna <laughs> cut that out. Like Just ignore penis. it. The okay. penis force is inside of you now. Yeah, you got a big old penis force. You got the Phoenix force in you. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of scary. That's evil, though. Yeah, it's a whole other being that's controlling. Yeah. Or I'd want to be the angel guy, honestly. Really? All he Why? does is fly. He, all he does is that's fly so and cool. get ridiculed. I mean, okay. Not Pe- only is flying basic as hell. There's so many other characters that fly. Gene Crave flies. Oh, Rogue flies. That's more not in these movies. You could be but beast. They fly. Magneto can fly if he's surrounded by metal. Oh, no, but yeah. Beast has an appearance thing. Yeah, but yeah. he can choose to not have. He didn't originally have it. He, he was, was originally oh. just like a big guy. Well, no, he was still a beast. He was just skin colored, and then later they made oh, yeah. him blue. They made him blue and hairy, yeah. more hairy. I think that's another highlight of the third movie because he sort of off track a little. Heal. Okay, well, I was saying. <laughs> so, Berto, did you did you say one? Iceman's powers. You want Iceman? Okay. Yeah, that's cool. You can freeze things. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a cool one. Cool. If I need to break into a safe, I can freeze it. God, he just wants to rob He wants people. to rob a bank so bad. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> Smoking him out. Wow. All I right, let's get into the analysis of this movie. Turn ice. I think this might be the best telling of, X- of an X-Men story. I really do not envy Kevin Feige having to redo this you know, yeah. in the future in the MCU. Like, that's how do you... They're going to do that? Yeah, I mean, it. they own X Men now. Like, so eventually. they're gonna cast a new Wolverine. Eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. They and they've already them. started introducing some mutants yeah. in the MCU. Sort, sort of. Sort of. Mm. There's a uh, uh, Ursa. Big Ursa, Ursa Major. Ursa. Ursa Major. Yeah, the guy in Black Widow. He was that, in that movie. And he's he gets mutant. his arm broken. <laughs> yeah, by Red Guardian. There have been a couple other ones. They just haven't done it yet, and maybe they're holding off. Obviously, like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are, are mutants, but they rewrote them to yeah. not be mutants at the time. Yeah. So N- Namor is a mutant, and he's going to be in. Uh... Yeah, but he's all, he was retroactively a mutant because yeah. he predates mutants by forever. He's from but, the 40s, so he was technically the first mutant on in comics. Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, how how do you do this again? Like, I don't, I don't think you can do it without retreading, co- like retreading the same steps exactly, like. It makes me think of like the Batman movie coming up with uh, Edward, with, with yeah, with Edward, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Robert Pattinson in it. Where I'm like, they're just trying so hard to not be the Ben Affleck version, and they're trying not to be the Christopher Nolan movies. And I'm like, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? What like, are you trying to be? <laughs> it's like you're stuck in a corner where you can't do all these other iterations, and so you try your best to do something that hasn't been done. But then, are you doing X Men? Are you doing Batman? You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And there's characters like Magneto. Like Magneto is very tied up with the Holocaust. And when this movie came out, it was 20 years ago. So a Holocaust survivor could have still been like 70 years old. And now they're like in their hundreds. 90, 100. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you do Magneto in the present day? Do you do... I've talked about this a lot with some friends. They do like, you know, maybe being a mutant makes them age slower just in general. Yeah. So that's a theory that people have said, like, you know, Magneto ages slower because he's so powerful. Or do you make him like a product of a different genocide? You know, mm. and there aren't any other like, genocides. Not what, on that scale. On the scale of the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. But you could do Rwanda. You could do um, Cambodia. Like there are other genocides that happen. And that's a great opportunity to cast a black actor as Magneto because he survived. That'd be cool. I could see that being cool. Right. Which, because it would, kind of, it would kind of yeah. fit or, the, or like the fight apartheid. that he's fighting too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like apartheid in South Africa. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of different historical things that you oh, can yeah, do. Oh, yeah, Blood Diamond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can make him Rwandan, you know, and, and that's his, like, origin story instead of the Holocaust. But this dichotomy between, like, this partnership-ish friendship between, like, Professor X and Magneto, I feel like you cannot do it better than this movie did. Yeah, you it, know? it was really good. Yeah. I mean, First Class does it pretty well, too. But it's an extension of this. That's true. It's a prequel to this movie. Did you guys like James McAvoy? Yeah, I think he's fine. I did. I've I think he did a really good job. Him. But there that's the other thing. There is no pair as good as Patrick Stewart Patrick. And, Ian and Ian McKellen. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sir got, Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian and McKellen. Sir Ian they're McKellen. They're both knights. Yeah, they're both yep. knights. Wow. These guys are incredible. They're fucking amazing. Patrick and like, Stewart just seems so nice. They're both so nice and they're both like really good friends. Oh, in real life? In real they life. They could technically that's still play so the cool. characters. <laughs> Let's just do that. <laughs> I would, you know what? With all they can multi- reprise their role. With all the multiverse, shit, yeah. With all mm-hmm. the multiverse stuff going on, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried it. They can do some crazy shit. They could. I would like all this to be retold, but it's. I'm saying it's going to be hard to beat this. How yes. the hell are they going to fill Wolverine's shoes? Well, like I said, I'm more. I'm more concerned about how do you redo Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Oh, but, I'm concerned about Wolverine. You know, they're like really good friends in real life. Yeah, they yeah. are. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. We like, just talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, did you know that they're really good friends? Yeah, and I said, oh, this was like, this happened like 30 seconds ago. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, we weren't talking <laughs> we about we real talk- life. Uh, yeah. yeah. I asked in real life and you said yes. Uh, well, Patrick Stewart, like, <laughs> goes to, like, gay parades and rallies with Ian McKellen. Because Ian McKellen yeah. is openly He's gay? gay. Ian oh, McKellen I didn't know is, that. yeah. Uh, they both like recite Shakespeare to each other. They're just the cutest two friends. <laughs> they just seem like nice grandparents. They're so cool. And one is Gandalf and one is Captain Picard. Whoa. That is true. Both iconic. On the point of this, Charles Xavier and Magneto, you don't see a lot of villains like this. Like like heroes and villains being actively friends. We sort of alluded to this earlier. They're just on a way different sides of like an ideological debate. Yep, and you they know. both kind of have the same goals. Yeah, they just want to be sort of. Yeah, but you know, they I mean, be you look at equal or accepted or just not discriminated against. Exactly, and like I, it makes me think of like Obi Wan and Darth Vader in Star Wars, where you're told early on that the hero and the villain used to be friends, but they're not anymore. But then when they fight, like they still have like a rapport. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're still uh, very familiar with each other. It's very Exactly. Like, there's some built-in, like, tension and suspense when those two characters meet. But it's different than this. Like, I, I can't think of another example where it's like, these guys are actual friends. 
but they are pitted against each other. Yeah. Naruto and Sasuke. I don't watch Naruto. <laughs> I was going to say from like the Prince of Egypt, Moses. Okay. And Moses and his brother. Yeah. What is his name? They don't have an epic battle. Ramesses. Though. Ramesses. It's just kind of Moses having God rain down plagues on Ramesses. Yeah. Oh, when he splits the. He the didn't let his Red people sea. go. Oh, when so he parts he the Red Sea. Yeah. People go. Yeah. So, like I said, I think this is going to be really tough to ever do again. Something else I want to talk about is, like, using Wolverine as the point of view character. We sort of mentioned it, but, like, do you think that Wolverine kind of takes over this movie and subsequent movies? I think he kind of does, yeah. In a yeah. bad way? Like, Yeah, like in a... Like he has too much screen time? Yes. He's kind of like the central character in a lot of these films. And he gets I'm his own trilogy. I like it. I think they might have gone a little bit overboard with Wolverine. I don't remember how much they use him as like a point of view character in the next couple movies. Obviously, the prequels, he's not really in them. Except well, they made Days yeah. of Future Past like all about him. And he in that storyline, in the comics, he's like barely in it. Isn't he the one that time travels in that? No, I think it's Kitty that actually time travels. But he's in the cover, so that confused me. <laughs> yeah, like I said, in most stories, Wolverine is there. He's present, but he's never like the central character. And I think in this movie, it makes sense to make him the point of view character. But then... Because he's the new guy and he helps explain stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's yeah. not part of the team. Therefore, he makes a good point of view character. But isn't but like, he like a you... teacher in the next movie or something? Is he? I don't remember. <laughs> He's still at the school. Yeah, but I think he does teach something, actually. Yeah. I just, it. <laughs> I'm excited to watch the next what one. What the fuck does he teach? <laughs> what would he teach? Anger management. <laughs> All right, bub. Oh, All right, bub. I like that he called somebody bub in this. Yes. Uh, bub. Because in, co- in the cartoons, he calls everybody bub. What that's that like mean? Yeah, that's his thing. It's like buddy, only worse. Only All right, like, bub. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about the themes on the Holocaust. So let's get into costumes, because I know that's what you want to talk about, Birdo. Yes. What, all the yellow? The lack of yellow. The lack of yellow. (laughs) The lack of yellow. Yeah, because their original costumes are like yellow and like blue uniforms. And it's very like X-Men. Like when you see X-Men, like even in like current comics, they still wear that shit. And they're most. Yeah, go ahead. This movie, it did the thing that a lot of comic book movies around this time particularly did where they just kind of like they make a reference to like the original costume and then like kind of make a joke out of it. Yeah. So like when Cyclops is like, oh, what did you did you what did you expect? Yellow spandex. Spandex, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's a joke. We're all wearing black leather because we're cool. You know, (laughs) the black leather is a little basic. I like it. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) It's not bad. It I like been... I like that it's uniform because that's what the X Men costumes are supposed to be the, like a uniform. The thing is, though, to your point, is that they were yellow and blue in their first like iteration with the five that we talked about at mm-hmm. the beginning. By the time they introduce all the other characters and they, have, like, they become more popular, they all have unique outfits. Yeah, like mm, yeah. Colossus wears red and yellow, and Jean Grey wears green and yellow whole... or green. But and the gold. yellow is the constant. Always. I thought Rogue wore green and gold. Yeah, Rogue is yeah, Rogue is actually green and gold also. But thought, when she's Phoenix, she wears green. I thought she had a whole burgundy cape. What am I thinking of? Is that right? I thought she had this whole trench coat thing. Are you thinking Scarlet Witch? Uh, maybe I'm crossing. <laughs> Wait, it up you're in talking my about mind. Rogue? No, Jean Grey. Jean oh, Grey. Jean Grey. No, she always wore like a skin tight thing. 
Even it's usually green. Phoenix? It was when she's always Phoenix, like it's green. Yeah. Mm. Wolverine is like orange and brown. And mm. yeah. It would go between like the orange, orange and brown, brown and then the yellow and blue. So it starts out as orange and brown. And then later on, they did a thing called uh, X Men Blue and Gold, where oh. there were two different teams a blue team and a gold team. The oh. blue team wore blue and gold, and the gold team wore some different stuff. Gold and team so, rules. <laughs> and oh. the blue team was Cyclops, who wears blue and gold, <laughs> and uh, Wolverine. And that's why his costume is sometimes blue and gold. Oh, okay. But usually when he's on his own, especially, it's orange and brown. So I've my, never my, seen him my orange point, or brown. Yeah, sometimes. My point is, is like, they're not always orange and blue. Or, sorry, blue and gold. Like, sometimes they're uniquely colored. Right. In most iterations, they are, though. I Okay, here's the thing. I don't mind the costume. When you talk about costumes in comic book movies, it's difficult, right? Because the comics yeah. are ridiculous. And the costumes in those comics are ridiculous. And you have to try to emulate that while still making it practical in the real world. And it can be kind of a balancing act. And if you go too far in one direction, you're like, you know, you're wrong. And you're going to get shunned by fans or whatever. But I like that this movie didn't make any concessions when it came to like characters like all the characters they put on screen and they're from the comics like they have their superpowers from the comics they have their traits their personalities the only thing they really change are kind of their their outfits mm-hmm. and they thought well how do we bring this up to like the modern day and make it believable well they all wear black <laughs> and it's all it's really just like a color swap because they still have like big x's on their uniforms and uh, you know, Cyclops has his little face thing and Storm has her little cape that ties onto her wrists. So, like, the costumes are still there. They're just palette swapped for black. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I feel I, like I the black kind of mutes it a little bit, though, you know? But that's kind of the point. It, and it, people, it was the point. People but... say that, th- that they were, like, pulling from X-Force where they all wear black because they're, like, a black ops team. I don't mm-hmm. think that's it. No. I think they're just saying, as a uniform in the modern day, if you were, like gonna go out and do covert operations or just you're on missions or whatever you're probably gonna be wearing black you know what i mean yeah this was in 2000 were superhero movies then still kind of campy and the costumes were kind of out there yes okay. here's the thing this, this was movie one of the more the serious tides. ones this i yeah. that's what i thought this, yes yeah this movie is a big deal when you talk about you know the context of like our podcast for example of like all the superhero movies of all time when did they start getting good like in yeah. the what what started off as like the modern day is this one. It's the year 2000, it's X-Men. They made movies after this that were way further behind, I feel. Yeah. Like Daredevil. Oh, like we said Electra. 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 Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider sequel which oh, was in 2012. These, are, these all came after this movie. Like yes. that's crazy to me. Yeah. They're uh, so This inspired yeah. a lot of copycats. It was between this and Spider-Man, but these this and Spider-Man had two kind of different approaches. I was this gonna is, say Spider-Man seemed a little more on par with this, like. But so, yes, Spider-Man but, but took diff- the campiness too, but it kind of like embraced it in like a very in a way only Sam Raimi can really do. I feel like Spider-Man is a more campy character. He's like a goofy kid, like well, it kind of fits. I think they took two different approaches. This was like, what are the adult themes in X-Men, and how can we mm. kind of like put those on screen? Whereas Spider-Man said. Let's do what Superman did and just do it earnestly. Like, let's, yeah. like as earnestly as possible, put Spider-Man on the screen and not make any concessions. You know, they're not trying to bring Spider-Man to the modern day. That movie was like, no, this is basically the 60s, but it's the 90s, but it's the 2000s, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like whatever. It's yeah. a comic book, you know? 
But yep. this is the movie that kind of proved if you take this stuff seriously and you do the human story in it, you can do any comic book and make a great movie I on mean, it. Yeah. And we don't know what Kevin Feige's involvement in this was because he was a producer on all of these movies. Oh, he was. Oh, okay. yeah. This is when he's kind of like he's early kind of been on with in his it career. Since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He actually had a cameo in this and it was cut out. <laughs> Oh, no, really? Uh, yeah, he's never had a cameo. So I, I guess after this, he's like, fuck it. I don't, I'm not going to be in, uh, in front of the camera. Try. <laughs> yeah. I would always do a cameo if I was a... A lot of people do do yeah, that. Yeah, that's so fun. Uh, they take whatever chance they can to get to be a cameo. But on the topic of costumes, though, I feel like there's a movement now to do more comic accurate stuff. And I think it's super dangerous. Oh, yeah. Because you get into like... Have you seen Psylocke's costume in the... In Apocalypse, Olivia yeah. Munn. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's it does so look stupid. Like her, but yeah, and no, it looks exactly like the comic, but the comic is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Marvel is starting to like move in that direction with like WandaVision. You know, they they mm, made yeah. Black or Scarlet Witch pretty much look like the costume from the comic. Captain America, Sam Wilson as Captain America. You know, they ripped it straight out of the comic book, and I'm like. It looks good for the most part, but they put, like, the sleeve on his face. I didn't feel any particular way. Like, the only thing I really thought when I saw it, I was like, wow, that looks exactly like the comic book. But does it belong in, like, the real world? <laughs> you know, because Marvel's done a really good job with costumes. And they do it by taking that idea in the comic and applying it to the real world. So, like, Iron Man is, like, this real, like, mechanical kind of looking thing. He's not, like a metal looking man like he is in the comics and Thor looks really good and Captain America some versions of Captain America look really good because they they took that image and they try to make it look realistic you know right. what I mean but Sam Wilson Captain America looks straight from the comics and it's almost to the point where I think he looks ridiculous so I just feel like they're going in a direction where I'm like uh maybe we should move backwards a little bit like we're going too far you know what I mean and there's still room to improve it but like i'm looking at it right now and it's like i don't know it's like at some angles it looks fine and other angles i'm like ah, it looks like he's wearing a sock it's a sock <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is and i we didn't notice it until you brought it up <laughs> we made fun of avengers captain america for wearing a sock on his head and they fixed it by the next movie and then he gets really cool costumes after that that both yeah. look like the comic and look practical in real life yeah. you know what i mean it's like comparing like the Arrowverse with like the DCEU costumes, you know, like some of those costumes in the Arrowverse and like the Flash TV shows and what's it called? Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, they yeah. Look, they look so stupid. I like the way Captain Cold looks. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I appreciate that they did what they could with it and they try to make it look kind of more realistic and modern day. I don't have a problem with all them being all black. It's it's whatever. Berto, what else you got on this before we move on? Uh, I think I've pretty much said my piece on the costumes. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about before we move on to Keeper Cancel is this article that just came out on comicbookmovie.com, which is a horrible website, first of all. Nice. But, <laughs> just burn as many bridges as we can. Apparently, Hugh Jackman says, this is the title of the um, article, Hugh Jackman says 47 minutes were cut from X-Men at the last minute. Whoa. So he claims that 47 minutes were of screen time were cut from Brian Singer's original X-Men movie in 2000. Uh, he was doing an interview for his new movie called Reminiscence. And he basically just said, I'm going to read his quote. I'm probably speaking at a school, Steve. I guess the interviewer is named Steve. But a week before it came out, I think it was 47 minutes longer. 
I may be exaggerating or under-exaggerating, it was a lot. And maybe the week is an exaggeration, but I certainly, what we shot, I remember going, what happened to that scene and that character? What? Wait, whoa. That movie from memory is about 100 minutes, I think. It was a lot longer, a lot longer, so that was definitely a big surprise to me. That's... Was, was Hugh Jackman having a stroke while he said this? <laughs> Um, Were you having a stroke while you read it? What? No. No, because I don't know. It's all choppy. It's, you want to read it? <laughs> Literally, that's what it no, says. No, it's honestly a me thing because I have a problem hearing people read to me. Yeah, none of it gets retained at all. None of it even gets comprehended. So like, you can't I do audio books? No, I can't do audio books. You can't watch either. movies? I can watch a movie because no, I can see. Well, what's we know happening. she can't watch a movie. She falls asleep. <laughs> You're rude. Okay. So he doesn't go into any sort of detail. He just says that the movie was uh, longer. Oh, he says more. He says, there were battles all the way through for sure. I remember people who I knew in Hollywood, not my agent uh, and not anyone at the studio, but two or three other people who who were in the know were just like, dude, I just finished in February. What? Is this related? What's he talking about? Wow. Comicbookmovies.com is a great website. Is no, this he's even a reputable source. Is no. this even a Some, real quote by him? Sometimes they're reputable. No, it's just Hugh, no, it's Hugh Jackman. He got off topic. <laughs> well, like that's you. that's Hugh. Yeah. Me and Hugh have that in common. Okay, so basically, he doesn't really go into any sort of detail um, about what was cut, and he probably doesn't remember. This was twenty years ago, but apparently, this movie was supposed to be a lot longer and was chopped up a lot. And I kind of see it. It is kind of short. It's a short movie. It is short. It's a lot shorter than I remember. Yeah. And the other thing I read is that um, some things that were cut out included uh, some fight scenes in the battle room. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. The danger room. The danger room. Sorry. Uh, Not the battle room. But, I mean, that's something that we get in, I think, the next, not the next movie, the third movie. We get in the third movie and then, like, that's one of the only good things about the movie. Goes downhill from there, (laughs) doesn't it? Uh, Oh, yeah, when he's fighting the big sentinel. Yeah. Wow. Hey guys, just popping in from the future to say the Keeper Cancel segment we're about to do is on director Brian Singer, who's a well-documented pedophile and alleged rapist. If any of that sounds uncomfortable to listen to or triggering, please feel free to skip ahead to our next segment. Uh, The time codes are listed below in the episode description. Thank you. All right. So anyway, let's move on to Keeper Cancel. Are you ready, babe? I've never been more ready in my life. Just a nerve, a nerve just fucked the back of my neck. Okay. <laughs> You've never had that happen where you move your neck. Well, and yeah, but why is that happening hot, to you? Hot pain right? Oh yeah, shooting it up hurts. your hole. Yeah, I hurt my back the other day at work because I bent down the wrong way. Damn. It, it can't happen to you again. So just don't make any sudden movements. Okay. <laughs> Sit still. Okay. Like a Sit <laughs> still. I look like a boy. Okay, so you're ready for keep or cancel. <laughs> Okay. Okay, let's go. Okay, so we... So basically what we're going to do for Keep or Cancel, I thought, Birdo... Are you paying attention? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yes, so I'm this, paying attention. I look at you and this is you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got the, the giggles. Do you, I'm ready. I'm is ready. Is how distracted you get on your streams? <laughs> yes. Have you okay. watched them? Of course I do. How didn't. about... What if I just minimize this? Would you feel better? No. I how can about, handle it. I can handle it. There. Okay. okay. That's right. better for everybody. I agree. <laughs> Everyone watch. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, so what I thought we could do for Keeper Cancel is there's a lot of reoccurring cast members throughout these movies. It doesn't make sense to talk about 
a lot of them now because we're going to have an opportunity to talk about them later and then we won't have anyone to talk about later, right? Right. So I've kind of divvied up all of the cast members among all the movies that they're in. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, I mean, don't be disappointed that we're not talking about Hugh Jackman. He's in an X-Men solo movie with no one else in it. He's in several solo movies. Are you going to talk about him during Logan or Wolverine? One of those three movies. Uh, We'll figure out which one. Logan's like the grand finale. Yeah. We'll probably talk about him either in the first or the second one. Or we got both. Ryan Reynolds in one of them, too. So. Oh, good. Yeah, Ryan. But we also have Green Lantern that we have to watch. That's true. So, I mean, we'll, so, we'll, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Basically, like, today we can do just Brian Singer, the director of the movie. And then after that, maybe we do Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart together. And then I thought for the third movie, we'll just kind of do lightning round of whoever's left over. Cyclops. Okay. Yeah. He's not really in that movie, <laughs> Well, no, I mean, just, you know, for the franchise. Right. Oh, well, just yeah, lightning yeah, around yeah, yeah. the rest of the franchise okay. at, at the end of each franchise, basically. Because okay. there are quite a few interesting people in this franchise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's Halle Berry, Frank Jensen. Elliot. Um, Elliot Page. Yeah, yeah Elliot yeah, Page. Yeah. Elliot. Yeah, I don't know who you were talking about. <laughs> no, I, I like blank for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at me and said Elliot. I'm like, E.T.? Like, what? <laughs> I wanted to throw in a curveball. Okay. All right. So, Brian Singer, uh, director of the film. Um, I'm going to go through some of his movies. Earlier films include Lion's Den and Public Access, and then really makes his name with The Usual Suspects. Have you guys seen or heard of The Usual Suspects? Yes. My aunt was... We had a family get-together, and she was like, oh my god, we should watch this movie. Which one was it? I can Shout see out that. to you, Aunt Shannon, if you're here, or if you ever watch this. <laughs> she, she's not. Or listen to this. I know she's not. She's got good taste. <laughs> she does have good taste. But, surprise, surprise, I fell asleep during the movie, so I don't really know what happened. Oh, uh, you probably woke up for the twist ending and was like, what the I don't fuck know what the is twist happening? Was. I don't even know what the twist was. Oh, so I won't. I mean, it's been out for like 20 years. It's been it's 1995 Wait, or something. To be fair, I think that we all started talking during it, and we actually none of us finished the movie. Oh, that sounds, now that that sounds about right. That too. sounds like a yep. that sounds like a day in the it's in your all family's house. Who can speak the loudest? The volume elevates, and, and then you, no you, no and, one gets. And you casually put on a movie that you yeah. very much have to pay attention. Yes, to. and you have the Titans game on in another TV. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Funny you mentioned. It. I think it's a movie that's kind of overrated, but I also need to rewatch it. Bert, have you seen it? I saw it when I was really young. I remember almost nothing. We should watch it because I, like, I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, this, the twist is not obvious, but like, you can kind of see it coming. And then when it happens, you're kind of like, now what? What, what? Why did I sit through that whole movie if the whole thing's fake? You know? There's a lot of movies that are like that, though. So it's a, it's a whole movie that was made around the line, round up the usual suspects from Casablanca. Oh. Which is. Interesting. You like Casablanca. I love Casablanca, but it's interesting because that movie, basically at the end, the cop has to like kind of like fake that they're looking for the guy who, who shot the villain at the end of the movie. Yeah. And he wants to let Rick get away. So he lets Rick get away. And he's like, all right, now what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. Round up the usual suspects. So just they're just faking it. Like, oh. just round up like the idiots and then we'll just pick someone who's guilty. It's it's like a okay. it's a joke. And then they made this whole very serious movie just based on that one line. Which is interesting. Yeah. First collaboration between Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. In 2017, allegations were made about the production of, uh, we're still talking about Usual Suspects, on the movie being stopped for two days because Spacey made unwanted sexual advances towards a younger actor. But don't worry, because Brian Singer denies that he behaved inappropriately. Oh, so, so they're like in cahoots. Two pervies in cahoots together? <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. basically. <laughs> So then X-Men, basically, I think it was the usual suspects that gave him kind of the notoriety to to get X-Men. Um, obviously, this movie, like we just said, was very good. 
leads into X-Men 2, which is, yeah. spoilers, very, very good. It's definitely the best out of this original trilogy. You think yeah. X-2? Oh, Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember much from it. I'm excited to watch it and be a part of that podcast, There's a lot too. of Wolverine stuff in it. It's a Wolverine origin story, sort Fuck of. Fuck yeah. And then he leaves X-Men, didn't do X-Men 3, because he got offered a Superman sort of sequel. Superman Returns. Is that movie good? I don't really remember. I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't remember, like, hating it, but I also don't remember liking it. I remember liking it, and then the second time I saw it, I remember hating it. Kevin Spacey was also in that. Yeah, yeah. Ew. Collaboration with Kevin Spacey. Well, he plays the bad guy. Oh, uh, well. I mean, doesn't make things he got better. paid. <laughs> um, Valkyrie. Have you seen that movie? I have not. I saw it, and I didn't finish it. Are you just going to drink my drink? <laughs> this you happens. Make a, you make a good piece every of Every time I make something interesting, then I have to share it with this her. This is a but I me guess, complimenting you. I guess we're married, and that's okay. Happy wife, happy you. I shut up. <laughs> What's yours is hers. Have you ever heard of the movie Valkyrie, babe? No. It's about um, these German officers who tried to overthrow Hitler during World War II. Is Brad Pitt in it or Tom? Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yep, Tom yep. Cruise. Brad Pitt's in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I don't know what any of that means. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jack the Giant Slayer uh, then comes back for X-Men Days of Future Past. Might be also one of the better ones. That's my personal favorite I think X-Men movie. I think I agree. I you just said X2 was. No, X2 is the best of the original movies. Oh, yeah. okay. My personal favorite of the whole franchise is a tie between Days of Future Past and First Class. What about Logan? That's pretty I good. I consider that like its own its own. Thing. It kind of is its own standalone. Yeah, pretty much. And then Bohemian Rhapsody, the biopic on Queen. Queen, thank you. Freddie Mercury. Uh, and, and specifically Freddie Mercury's a lot of time love on this him. Movie. I did like this movie. So he was fired during the filming of this movie. <laughs> was in it twenty seven allegations? Yes. Okay. That we'll get to. And then was replaced by Dexter Fletcher, who was the director of Rocket Man, which was the biopic on Fuck, what's his name? Why can't I remember it? Elton John. Elton John. Elton John, yes. Oh. Thank you. On Elton John. Wow, that's embarrassing so that, on y'all's part. Up. It was a joke. Do you know man? how much information I have in here? Do yeah. you know how smart I <laughs> Do you, Do you, know? you don't even know. <laughs> wow. If that I'm was really me forgetting w- a big name, y'all would be like, why you bozo? Get out of here, stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just really bad with names. Oh, we, okay, that's this, fine. I would have said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they just said, like, let's get the other guy who did the other one, right? Good enough. Mm-hmm. Nominated for a bunch of awards despite get receiving mixed reviews. So this somehow won the Academy Award for Best Editing. And then afterwards, everyone like started pointing out how horribly edited it is. I think the editing is my one qualm with the movie. I so, don't remember the editing standing out. You'd have to Just watch like weird, I, I weird need to watch cuts. It again. Like yeah. It'll suddenly cut to like something else. or like There was a lot of continuity errors, too, because they had to cut different things from different versions of the production like scenes that were shot by different the different directors mm. and then kind of try to piece it together also apparently like a lot of the members of queen like in their contracts they needed like equal screen time yes. they so, were unhappy with it i think yeah so that it wouldn't turn into a freddie mercury movie which it was and it, <laughs> which <laughs> it was yeah so there's a lot of weird times where they just cut to another member for no reason yeah just to like up his screen time a little bit. While he's, like, doing nothing? While he's just, like, reacting to a conversation. Yeah. So, weird movie. Weird that it... And this is kind of the thing about the Academy Awards, where it's like, 
sometimes they're just like, hey, a biopic on Queen, this must be good. Throw the awards at that. Even though a lot of people were Do like, they watch this movies. I, that's the thing. You would think. Where a lot of people are here saying like, this movie's not that good. It's got a lot of problems, you know. It's it's good in certain senses, but it's like, enjoyable. Sure, but is it best editing? Oh, okay. <laughs> and like no. nominated for best picture, eh, best probably. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> So, overall, good director, but wait, in case you didn't know, 1997 lawsuit, where a 14-year-old accused a singer of asking him and other minors to film a nude shower scene in his movie, Apt Pupil, with support from two other underage boys for what they allege was for his own personal sexual gratification. Yeah. So, was the scene not supposed to be in the actual movie? Like, is it, that even allowed? Like, having a, a minor do that? Minors can't be nude no, on screen. No, they can't. Okay, well, that's you fun. can have the like parents you can have like in? naked babies, but the older yeah. they get, it starts crawling into that kind of like inappropriate. Is it art or is it just like pornography, basically? You know, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, if it's like a natural scene and a naked baby's just like playing, well, yeah, around. no, a naked baby, like, they don't, all, I don't or if know it's why a naked they... baby swimming in a pool chasing <laughs> yeah, money, yeah, right. chasing money, and then decides to sue later after, <laughs> after profiting <laughs> off of that for his oh, entire yeah. life. Apparently, so the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office determined that there was no cause for criminal charges, and the scene was later reshot with adult actors. So they did but, shoot it with the kids. Yeah, it did happen. Oh. But here's the here's the kind of fucked up part. Because if you've got a 14-year-old and like a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old, because apparently I, I read the loose plot of the movie. It, it's apparently pretty good. It's sort of about the Holocaust. It was like a fantasy sequence where he imagined other people in the shower or whatever. If that's in the script and you have to shoot that, why do you have to tell the actors to be naked? You know, just be like, hey, wear your bathing suits because we're not going to film your butts yeah. and your penises anyway because you're underage. So we can't do that. So they would, would still be... film it and it would look like they're naked, but you still yeah, you just see shoot, it. They you don't have to, waist you don't have to up, film yeah. their bare Everything. butt balls <laughs> and back. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and then a lot of like... What we you can't th- do, I think you should leave references. We do them all the time. Oh, and God. A lot of times when you think you're seeing, like, nudity in movies, you're not. You're not. It's yeah. clever editing, and then there's, like, body doubles for, like, people that don't mind, like, being naked in front of a camera. And also, that's what they signed up for. Don't a lot of women wear, like, the like the yeah, fake yeah. bush, too? They do. Yeah, it's called what a, is, you know a merkin. Okay. What the fuck? I don't know why that has that name. That's, that's a horrible that's a name. gross name. Yeah, it no, is. it's disgusting. <laughs> a mer- Why don't they call it like a... Fake What bush? would you call it? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know. Well, my point is, there was like no <laughs> was need for say, the little boys to be naked. No, I was, was going to say a hair flap, but that that's... That's way worse. So what is much. wrong with you? <laughs> okay, 2014, let's move on. Uh, singers accused of sexual assault of a minor allegedly drugged and raped the actor Michael Egan in Hawaii after meeting him at a party hosted by a convicted sex offender in, in the 90s. <laughs> Singer countersued, and Egan ended up serving two years on an unrelated fraud charge. So maybe he lied. We don't know. However, also in 2014, another lawsuit was filed against Singer and dropped. However, Singer is also cited in a documentary called An Open Secret about underage sex parties hosted by himself and some other people that were named. What? 2017, Cesar Sanchez Guzman sues Brian Singer, alleging he was raped at the age of 17 in 2003. And 2019 investigative reports in The Atlantic published where four more men alleged Singer sexually assaulted them while they were underage. Singer and openly, I, I don't know, is he openly gay actually? I don't know if he's openly gay. 
Anyway, he called the publication homophobic in response. Oh, so he pulled a Kevin Spacey. Or Kevin Spacey pulled a singer. I don't know who did oh, it first. Oh, who did it first? Um, <laughs> they were both uh, in the in the 2019 Me Too time. Well, I remember, like, yeah, Kevin Spacey was like, he had accusations and stuff, and he goes, "I didn't do this. Well, I did do this, but I was drunk. I'm sorry. And I'm also, gay. I'm gay." <laughs> Apparently, he says he's quote quite bisexual. Okay, cool. Okay, so he's openly so, bisexual. Finally, at this point is when he's t- it's 2019 <laughs> when this uh, report comes out. This is finally when he's fired from Bohemian Rhapsody and essentially canceled. But don't worry. Fucking finally. he's still a millionaire and he's free. Yeah, he has, <laughs> hasn't been convicted on anything. So this is Keeper Cancel. This is when we like decide if we're going to Keeper Cancel people. And when we get to a person like Brian Singer, notorious pedophile... Like, we're not going to go around and be like, oh, do you want to keep him? So instead, obviously... I mean, he's already canceled, as he should be. Exactly. So we would all cancel this person. So I thought what we could talk about for a minute instead is this concept of the separation of art and artist. Knowing what you know about Brian Singer, could you watch, like, X-Men or The Usual Suspects? Or what what does it take for you to be like, this thing is ruined for me now. I can't. Because all I can think about is Brian Singer. That is an interesting... Uh, That's a very interesting... Because like my, like my mom now can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. Like after the documentary came out and all these people are coming forward... Oh, yeah. Is that like, so that's kind of similar. I get it. Yeah. But the, I think the difference is when you're watching the screen, you're seeing all the incredible actors. You're seeing their portrayal. You're seeing a story being told. You're not necessarily thinking about the director. It's not in your face. Yeah. But if you're listening to someone's music who is clearly like a f- piece of shit, like pedophile, <laughs> like you're going to, that's directly like that's who you're listening to. So I, there's like, Different levels. You remember we hung the baby uh, over the balcony? I remember seeing Wait, that on what TV. what the fuck? What are you talking about? You didn't about? know about that? No. This is Michael what? Jackson did that? Yeah, his he had child. A, he had, when the child was like one, what? he hung it over the balcony. Like a Simba, um... Kind of, Like actually. with Rafiki no, type of situation? No, only with one hand. Yeah. Okay, and like, no, he was fucked up. And like, like people were like well, he, he was freaking the up. fuck out. And like, fire department got there in case the baby was dropped. Oh my god. It was god. a whole thing. Like... No, I don't listen to his music. I never did. I never will. Like, that's where I can definitely separate. What's the question? Whether you can separate you wouldn't the two? Be yeah, I can't at that se- point. The separation of then, art and artist. Yes, that's when I can't separate it. You're, I'm not going to support you in any single. Like, no, you're done. Yeah. But this, I don't know. It's, it's different. What do you guys think? I think it's pretty much case by case and yeah. medium by medium because, you know, movies in, in particular are a very collaborative effort. And yeah. it's like you say, sometimes. You could watch this and forget that Brian Singer made it. You know, like if you just weren't thinking about it, like I kind of forgot that he did Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Or at least right. started to. And I kind of forgot that he did Superman Return. And eh, no, I remember that one. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I forgot that he did Days of Future Past. We talked about this oh, yeah. uh, earlier. Well, it was a big deal when he came back for that because they're like, oh, the original director is coming back. Yeah, but I forgot is my point. Oh, yeah. So I would have put that movie on and I just wouldn't even thought about it. No, yeah. And so I'm in the same boat as you with yeah. that. It's a collaborative effort, and it's easy. It's not as, like, personal, yeah. you know, when you see a movie. Now, and that depends on, on the kind of movie you watch. There are movies that are very personal films. If you see, like, Roma, it's an incredibly personal film by Alfonso Cuaron, and it's, like, about his childhood, and he recreated his bedroom, and he casted people who look like his siblings. Oh, it's literally about him. It's literally yeah. about him, and it's in super personal. That might be a little bit different. Or if, like you said, music. Like, mm-hmm. you're literally listening to this guy's music, and it's coming from, like, you know, his soul. That is yeah. what music is most of yeah. the time. 
a lot of people might also think about like art and like some people don't like some of Picasso's artwork anymore because he was very misogynistic. Mm. You know, so when you look at his art, if you're looking at like Guernica, which is like about war, you might look at that differently than the ones where he has like women and they're doing weird things. You know I what know I mean? I don't know if I've even seen those. There's one. I'll show it to you. Oh, okay. There's one where it's like a bunch of ladies. Oh. Doing weird things. I mean, it's a Picasso, so it's kind of what interpretive. Are they, like, give them blowies? Like, what is. No, no, no. Just like standing there and they're naked and they're in weird shapes. Is that misogynistic? Well, no, but he was the, very the misogynistic. Art itself oh. might not be, but. I didn't know that about him. He apparently said stuff like. He was a weird guy. But... Yeah, yeah. He's very eccentric didn't, and weird. Like, everybody say stuff like that back then, though? I mean, well, not yeah, long ago. Yeah. It was like the 50s. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between people were very misogynistic in the fifties. No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I was on. like I'm the so- whole thing of the fifties. That was the whole theme. But like you know, Cosby, Cosby's humor. He you know he made a name for himself being like really funny while right. also being very clean. His humor was super clean, even though he was like a dick to other people backstage. And then obviously all the you know the he's date ra- raping that yeah, he did. But stand up comedy is just that is the person right in front of you talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that is as personal as it gets. You can't really try to create separation there between art and artist because they are one and the same, the art and the artist in that sense. Yeah. So, like, I don't, you know, I think Bill Cosby, I mean, you'd be very, it'd be very hard to even find his stand-up anymore, but. Yeah. yeah. That's just an example of something that, like, I'm, I'm pretty much, like, not So, in this case, watching. with Brian Singer in these movies, do you think... Yeah, like I was saying, I think for movies, it's and it's a collaborative effort. Like, he didn't write these movies. Obviously, he doesn't star in them. Doesn't do the music. Doesn't do the editing. Like, it, yeah. He just directed it. Yeah. Which is obviously, it's a big deal. <laughs> but. Yeah. Like, I'm in the same boat with you with the, like, I think it is like a case-by-case basis. Because, yeah. for example, like, I can still listen to Michael Jackson music and be fine with it. Oh, really? Yeah, but I probably wouldn't be able to watch, like anything with cosby in it yeah like Mm. so for me it is case by case it really depends on how you are affected by it too yeah i think so because if you listen to his music i mean his music is obviously amazing right can you just sit there and listen to the song and be like this is incredible music and i'm not thinking about the person behind it or can you only think about the person behind it and that's that's true i think i just don't think about him i think about like the music itself right yeah which was very like you know, it was a big part of like me growing up was a lot of Michael Jackson yeah, music sure. too. So I think that might have a little something to do with it as well. Yeah, I can definitely separate the art from the artist in the case I of these movies. I think I can too. But that's not to like discredit or knock anyone that was affected by him. Right. Because that's oh. not to be taken lightly. No, those are you know? completely different things. We're not pieces of shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying yeah. like... I mean, I, I know people that like like they're done with Harry Potter because they don't like J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fair if that's what you think. But like, you know, Harry Potter's not a collaborative effort. It's a novel written by her. But the movies definitely are, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's still, you know, can you sit here and take the story apart and really enjoy it? Yeah, probably. Like, I don't know. And most new Harry Potter related things coming out don't have anything to do with Rowling. Isn't she still writing the Fantastic movies? Maybe. Not sure about that. I know that video game coming out, they have actually come out and said that she yeah. has nothing to do with this production. I don't think she oh, ever really? did, though. The video game's like a whole different <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like yeah. set and... But I don't even think she like wrote any of the story or anything, yeah. so... Oh, okay. It's obviously like her universe that she created. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. At least George Lucas isn't problematic. He's a real cool dude. <laughs> he's a real... Ni- he just can't really write good dialogue. 
Yeah, but he's a great person. You look How into him. A he is that. a good person. He sold Disney and donated all the money. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and he's been doing. He's been, you know, running charities for a very long time. Ever since he got super rich off Star Wars. If like he's never, he's such a big name, but he's never in the news for anything. Well, like, he doesn't really do much. He's not like your average celebrity. He's just like a reclusive. He's just like, like a normal dude. Hugh Jackman's not your average celebrity. Yeah, but <laughs> I was like, "Where's your? What are you getting he's at?" He's perfect. All right, and he's so nice. All right, so I think that pretty much concludes that. Cool, let's move on. So into the Phantom Zone or not, final thoughts. Sable, do you want to go first? Yes. Final thoughts on the film. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, so my expectations were high. And it was honestly, I think because I saw it so many times as a kid, like, I just, it was like muscle memory. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I remember all this. Like, nothing was, like, new or stood out or I was like, oh, that looks really bad now. And as a kid, it looked really good. Like, none of that was the case. So I think it aged really well. Wolverine's still badass. He did look not as, like, muscly as I remember, but he's still pretty jacked. Or, like, Bill. He's, he's in good shape in he's this. He's in good shape, yeah. For, like, a normal person. Yeah. But then he also, like, got this role not too long before they started filming. They were going to go yeah. with someone oh, else. Oh, yeah, he didn't have, like, that much time. Yeah, they offered this to, like, Dougary Scott. This Australian who? actor. Uh, oh, yeah, Some, who? Another Australian actor? Another Australian actor, yeah. That's kind of funny. Who ended up doing Mission Impossible 2 instead. Oh. A really bad one? movie. The worst one, yeah. And then he got... He got super jacked after this. Mm. But yeah, go on. So yeah, final thoughts. Love the movie. Then as a kid, still love it now. It's one of my favorite X-Men movies. Definitely does not belong in the Phantom Zone. Like, this is a treasure that should be around for all time. All time. All time. (laughs) And I love Wolverine. Berto, do you want to go next? Yeah, this movie held up a lot better than I thought it would. Because... I think a lot of the later movies kind of spoiled my views on the X-Men franchise as a whole. Cause I was just like, like, Oh, these movies aren't that good, whatever. And I rewatching this one, I'm like, Oh, this one's actually like solid. And like thinking back, I think the next one's going to be solid too, but obviously we'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, like I enjoyed my time with this movie. It was a lot shorter than I remember it being, oh, but I think it it's one of those things where it's like when you're a kid, like everything just seems longer. I but agree. May, maybe, yeah. yeah, for sure. I definitely would not put this in the Phantom Zone, though, because not only is this a very important comic book movie, it's also a pretty damn good one. Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying about this being an important. Like we, we mentioned, this basically set the tone for the modern era of comic book movies. You don't get the MCU without X-Men 2000, right? Yeah. Not only is this movie good, and like what you guys said, like I completely agree with, with all your points. This is aged incredibly well. Yeah. And it's because they didn't try to do more than they could. You know what I mean? It wasn't like some of the, like we said, Daredevil, like, oh, we have CGI. Let's just use CGI. And then in a couple of years, it doesn't look good anymore. A lot <laughs> of this movie is practical. The things that are CGI, yeah, they, they kind of stretched it a little bit. Cyclops effects and, and whatever. But this movie ages well because it's a very human story set in this kind of crazy Marvel universe, right? Right. Um, It's about discrimination. It's about racism. It's about the Holocaust. You take these characters that that you can totally empathize with, the good guys, the bad guys, and you put them on this ideological debate. It's it's amazing. I think this movie is incredible. It's going to be really hard to redo the X-Men and not do it like this because this movie is not based on any one comic, and yet they've taken 
kind of the entirety of the X-Men and, and included all the best parts of it. You know what I mean? Like like we said, like Wolverine wasn't always in it. Magneto wasn't always, you know, a Holocaust survivor. And it's not always been about discrimination, but here we are, right? Right. It, this is one of the best versions of the X-Men. I have pretty good memory of all the movies, and, and I can say this is one of my favorites of, out of the whole bunch. There's some later ones that are still good, but still kind of like they contradict each other a little bit. They don't all like tie in. They're not all, all as memorable as this. I feel <laughs> this is this is a standout, and so absolutely not in the Phantom Zone. Again, to your point, this should be rewatched not just because it's good and because it holds up, but because it's it's like historically important in the context of like all these movies. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's been it for us. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for <laughs> for downloading the podcast, subscribing to the podcast. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or I think on YouTube. That you can do that in. Uh, which reminds me, all these episodes are available on YouTube just as podcast episodes. There's no visual element. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. And you can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. It's a perfect place to come and argue your opinions with us. And now on TikTok, too. Yeah, you can yeah. yell at us on TikTok. They have a you, lot of haters on TikTok. Y'all can some, join yeah. the club. That's absolutely true. We are on TikTok. It's pretty much the same shit as Instagram. But yeah, if you want to join in with the haters, they're there. Uh, if, you, if you're not a hater, though, you can tell a friend, please. <laughs> um, and we stream all these episodes live while we record. So if you want to be part of the recording, if you want to hang out with us, um, we've had a lot of people talking to us in the chat. And that's just something you don't hear. So it's not... The same as the podcast. It's not as polished, finished thing. We're just all hanging out together and drinking and eating and kind of hanging out. No one's eating. Sometimes we eat. I was eating earlier. One time oh, yeah, he was you eating. Were eating. I had a piece of caramel earlier. You did? Yeah, I no ate Popeyes knew. on camera <laughs> once. He it did. Was it was weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't you have to stop? And yeah, like... I was like, this is not what we're doing here. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Sable, you're the guest. Do you want to tell what you do? Yeah, so I'm a streamer on Twitch, so I actually host these guys when I'm not streaming. So you can find me on Twitch at Sables Studio. There's two S's in the middle there. Uh, same thing with Instagram, Sables Studio. I'm a content creator. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, cut that part. Okay. I'm, I just do Twitch. Like, okay. that's where I want you to find me. And I do a lot of cool art. I do a lot of comic art. So I was working on a uh, Black Widow piece the other day. I do characters. You so should I do, do Wolverine now. I should do Wolverine. Ooh, but like classic Wolverine. Or Storm. Ooh. I should do Storm. That'd be cool. So who knows? I might have some cool X-Men or comic art coming up. So you guys should definitely check me out there. Well, that's pretty much it for us then. We will see you next time with X2. Is that what it's called? I think it's called X2 X-Men United. That is what it's called. X2 X-Men United. With Nightcrawler. Creepycrawler. Creepycrawler, yeah. That's also on uh, Disney+. Plus. Yes, it is. Cool. So we will see you then. And goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.